We're starting with normal conversation. <laughs> on this, um, oh, hello. <laughs> that was pretty good. I thought that was... <laughs> Guys, it may sound like it, but we've not even had a beer yet. Like, well, we've just started. I've almost finished this one, but... Well, okay. Some of us haven't had a beer is, yet, as in is. me. <laughs> I know it, so- it sounds like we're definitely like a whole six-pack in. <laughs> I think we're just, in a, we're just in a good mood. We're in a fun mood. We got the crappy parts of the day behind us. Crappy parts behind us. Jackson's got a cool t-shirt he's wearing. Hey, okay, let me tell you all about this t-shirt, even though you can see it. Yeah. And maybe for your future, it, a little hint for a future episode? But not in the foreseeable future, but future. Yeah. Monty Python episode we has lo- to happen, we right? Love, we love Monty Python. Well, this shirt is, uh, it's got the Black Knight missing, I think, he's, yeah, he's, he's just missing one arm yeah. in this case. Um, <laughs> he has not yet lost the other limbs. <laughs> yeah, the rest. <laughs> um, but it says, tis but a scratch, and his arm's cut off, and the, yeah, it's yeah, a, just a flesh wound. Great. Yeah. Tis... <laughs> I'm I'm taking one of my classes that yeah. I'm taking. At you made me question what my shirt said for a second. <laughs> one of the classes <laughs> I'm taking at school is a medieval women studies. Woo woo! And I'm in that class, and I, I it takes every ounce of my willpower to not constantly reference Monty Python <laughs> during our class discussions. Is that with Doctor Martin? It was Doctor Martin, yeah. And I know he would know. Yeah, he's he's a Monty <laughs> Python fan. I feel like most history majors are Monty Python fans. If you're not, that's stupid. Especially if you're like a European medieval history major. You yeah. have to be. Yeah. And, <laughs> and let's be honest, Monty Python humor is like liberal arts major humor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that w- <laughs> that's bachelor's degree liberal arts major. I always knew about Monty Python before, but I honestly really, I, I haven't seen really any of their stuff. Here's a f- as soon as I got into college, though. Yeah, here's a here's because a, of you mostly. <laughs> here's a fun fact about uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, because I've talked about in length with you, probably you know just us, dr- me drunkenly ranting at you about how <laughs> the Holy Grail, the Monty Python movie, actually does have some historical accuracy or historical authenticity. Authenticity. In the sense that it's very clear they knew they knew their history, and yeah. Uh, another detail I learned about recently. So you know when the French knight is taunting them at, at the castle? In one of my favorite scenes, yes. Yeah, the, the, the go away, I shall taunt you a second time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there's a part where in that conversation where he's like, uh, uh, you know, uh, leave you uh, silly English niggas. So he's butchering the pronunciation of knight. But in the medieval ages, they would have pronounced, a lot of people would have pronounced the word knight as knight. Knight. So they're actually butchering the actual pronunciation of the knight, how a medieval person would have pronounced it. Oh. Which is just a little detail there. That's pretty cool. Anyway, should we talk about what we're talking about or should we talk about what we're drinking? Um, uh, oh. Let's talk about what we're talking about. What are we talking about? And then we can talk about what we're drinking. I forgot what we're talking about. 
I know exactly what we're talking about. Lay it on me, bro. It's just kind of hard on how to classify it. Let's 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 class let's word it this way. Yo. Yo. These lay be, it, lay uh, it lay down it for down. me, homie. <laughs> the, these be the albums that What be thy that talking what be about thy talking about today. Tonight. <laughs> Tis whatever day or time you might be listening to this. Tis it doesn't matter which day or what day it is. I don't know. I don't know what just happened. We're talking about okay. <laughs> we're talking about the albums that have pers- that have personally influenced us, and albums that have been an influence just in m- the wide music spectrum in yeah. general. Music episode. Um, yeah, it's we haven't had one of these in a while. Yeah. Um, since uh, yeah, we're, we're too into pop culture these days. Yeah. Let's, let's pop get, culture. Let's roll it back to the for, to the good old days. Mythos and video <laughs> games and all that nerdy stuff, right? Or pie, pie. Hey, you can't hate on pie. Can't hate on pie. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about albums, and our initial idea was to talk about albums that influence us specifically. Yeah. But we decided we're also gonna talk about albums well, that are important influences to music, just culture, to music, their culture, genres, like, or yeah. to um, uh, pop culture and stuff. And when I say album, the reason that I'm specifying albums yes. in this case, instead of just the bands, the artists, yeah. is because there's some bands where, yeah, they're great, uh, but maybe there's not an album there that yeah, I could... It's hard to pinpoint an album, like Bob Dylan. Uh, yeah, that's Bob Dylan, <laughs> it's hard to pinpoint a specific album that is the influential He's Bob Dylan He's influential. Album. He is influenced. All this stuff is pretty influential, but it, it'd be difficult to say. Like some of the band's albums I'm going to be talking about, I may not even listen to this band that much or even be like a ginormous fan, but that yeah. album in particular hit me a certain way and left a lasting influence on my I've got a couple words. Both my musical life and just... My musical taste. I've got a couple musicians where um, I want to talk about. You know, I listen to, uh, you know, maybe I listen to several of their albums. Maybe I only listen to just the one. But, you know, it, but there was that one album that really hit me. There's a certain indefinable yeah. quality that I tried to recreate when putting together my list of albums here. Because the first time I listened to these albums in particular, um, there was magic there. It was just like, wow. It's just the wow factor. And also, I, I've never heard anything like this before. And if I have heard something like this before, this goes beyond what that was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these are the albums that really just, yeah, just hit us with a lasting influence and that we still listen to. Yeah. And, and, uh, and we're going to talk about, again, also some albums that we think influenced a genre. They're going to be albums we like. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about Katy Perry. I'm no. sure she influenced pop somehow. And I've seen some of these lists. They I don't have listen like to Kanye Katy Perry. West and stuff like that. But yeah. I, I, it's not that I have anything against that genre or yeah. at least his music. Well, I kind of do. I, don't well, I, I actually, <laughs> admittedly, I actually think Kanye's produced some very good albums. I just don't listen to them. Yeah. I, I don't want to talk about anything you know, that I don't I've really listened know. To, I've listened to a couple of his albums once. But that's it. Yeah. I don't want to talk anything about anything that I can't really give any input to. That, oh, if 
oh, this list says it's an influential album. Well, yeah. that doesn't really matter to me. There's going to there's going it. to be a couple albums that I'm going to mention that were influential to me, but I'm going to argue why I think they're influential to a wider okay to a wider audience. Yeah. yeah, I have a couple. I have a couple like that. Yeah, but I tried to pick very personal ones. Some of the ones I picked aren't even considered the band's or artist's best album, or one of their best albums. Even it's just albums that I found to be very yeah. important to me. My music. Yeah, yeah. There's albums yeah. that we find important, and anyway. Now I will argue that most of my albums are pretty big classics, <laughs> but that's just because I have good taste. <laughs> good. I, I don't taste. mean to brag, but I have got some uh, quote unquote good taste. I've I've got some also quote unquote good taste, but that's not <laughs> what I was not meaning to brag about. Uh, I've got. What some, were you meaning to brag about? I've got about? some lesser known albums on here that I think. Um, so some of the, some of them I really like, but I think there's a couple that I'm going to argue why uh, they're actually more influential than you might think. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. But before we get into that, let me take another bite of this burrito real quick. Oh, what are you eating there? It's falling apart. Other than a burrito, we already know that. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm eating the DPD burrito. Which is a chili relleno burrito with pico de gallo, pico de gallo, asada. carne asada, lettuce, um, rice. It's yeah, it's got some rice in there. Uh, so there's some enchilada sauce, enchilada sauce, and then obviously the chili relleno. Yeah, um, uh, cheese. There's cheese in there. Well, yeah, the cheese is part of that. Yeah, it's, you know that's a given. <laughs> Duh. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, it's an amazing burrito. I haven't had it in a long time. It's from one of my favorite fast food Mexican joints. Machos. Yes, machos. Okay, yeah. They're good. I used to work there. I mean, I don't know about the work (laughs) experience. It's okay. But the food is good. It's okay. It's great, fast. I have nothing bad to say that that is going to end up online for everyone to listen to. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I also got it on top of a bed of nachos, quote unquote, but it's really just chips and cheese. Yeah. And I poured some of the burrito guts on it, so it's better. That's good. That's good. But hey. more importantly... What are, um, we, what are we drinking? What are we drinking? Yeah. Um, let us know in the I'll, comments. Yeah, yeah. I want... <laughs> yeah. We're not going to tell you. We just want you to guess. Just guess what um. we're drinking today. No, seriously. Um, uh, I'll, I'll go first here. You go first. Because I think you've got a specialer beer here. Well, it's... Or I'm excited. But I've, it's I've, a callback. It's a throwback. It's a callback. I've got a beer that is no, it's, this beer is no stranger to me and Jackson, but <laughs> we've not had it on the podcast. And this I is, haven't had that in a while. Yes, definitely have some if you want. This is Kilt Lifter by uh, Four Peaks Brewing. It will lift your kilt. Lift your kilt. <laughs> lift your kilt. I have terrible Scottish accents. Mine's uh, worse. But this is a, Sco- <laughs> a Scottish uh, ale. Donkey! And it is just... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get out me swamp yeah keep 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 in tune for november when it's going to be shrek member <laughs> or the whole month that's not don't that's not happening <laughs> unless you hey let us know if you want that to happen if, if overwhelming all of our viewers we'll want to cover every a whole shrek month movie of shrek we'll movie. cover the shrek lore 
the Shrek, the Shrek mythos, the Shrek mythos, <laughs> the Shrek movies, the Shrek expanded, expanded universe, universe. legends, legends and canon Shrek, <laughs> as well as some fan fiction as well. Yeah, stuff that you can't consider legends because it was never whole episode published. on Shrek fan fiction. <laughs> oh, God. oh God. Oh, God. I can see that going in a really wrong direction. Or, but yeah, you're drinking. or a really right direction. It depends how you look at it. Yeah, it depends on what fan fictions we read. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, drinking, we're drinking Kilt Lifter. From Four Peaks. Uh, from Four Peaks. It's a Colorado beer. Um, it's, uh, they always have it at our local bar, and we love it. Scottish style. Yeah. Amber it's, ale. It's just smooth and, and no nonsense. If it wasn't the first beer we had at the bar, it would definitely be the second. It's uh, definitely not the first beer I had at. Sometimes it would be bar. my first. Um, just to well, get a good oh, start. Oh, oh, you're talking about when we would like show up. Like when we up, show yeah. up to the bar. Yeah, there, there were times where we'd show up as a, as a group. And we just all and immediately get We'd all be lifter. like round of kilt lifters, yep. and, and then we'd go off and get our own drinks after that. But we yeah, had, because we had to get the group drink. Yeah, the right? group drink, and the group drink was <laughs> typically a kilt lifter. Yeah. Anyway, what are More you drinking? Because this is exciting. I am excited. Are you excited? I'm excited because I have one here. I hope we're taste. all excited. Everyone get, get hyped. Right? Oh. Woo! Hyped. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is coming from a brewing company that we've had before on this podcast, and it's also special because it's one that was new to us when we had it yeah. on the podcast. And, and it was uh, one of our favorites that we tried on the it, podcast. Seriously, it's, it's really been good. one of my favorites we've tried on the podcast so far. Now, here, there's a twist. Yes. Well, I got the three-pack. Or no, Matt. I got the four pack, okay? <laughs> Math, you were missing a number. It's, well, it's not a four pack. It's 12 beers, but four different beers. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. It's a mix. It's yes. a mixed pack. Yes. It's a mixed 12er. It's a 12er. 12, <laughs> a 12. What, what would be another way to call it? Uh, a 12 sum of. A 12 sum <laughs> of. Alcohol. <laughs> It's a mixed 12 pack, okay? It's a mixed 12 pack. And yeah, it's from Boulevard <laughs> Brewing Co. Yes. Which the first one I had. Not related to the Green Day song. A Boulevard of Broken Dreams? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, they're out of Kansas City and they're one of my favorite new breweries for sure. Um, this, is, this is important to uh, note. This is not Kansas City in Kansas. It's Missouri. It's Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. Which I've heard is the cool part of Kansas City. It is, yeah. yeah. So that's important. Which to is know. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Kansas can't even have a city named after them be cool, right? Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma can't either. No, Oklahoma City sucks. Yeah, it's all about Tulsa. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Which I have no connection to. No. Obviously. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, the first... You come from Guadalajara. Mm -hmm. Mexico. Isn't it obvious? I'm not going to do an accent or anything because that would come across as... That would be bad. That would be really would, bad. I'd be very upset with you if you did an <laughs> I'd be upset with myself. <laughs> but uh, the original one that we had was back on our space episode, and it was Space Camper. Yes. And if you guys remember, we loved it. Yeah. Um, kind of a lackluster episode, but a very good beer. I think it was a pretty good episode, though. I thought it was okay. It wasn't that great. We talked about all those crazy... Yeah. Planets, I love planets. But the beer was really good. The beer was amazing, yeah. though. Really uh, good. And so, the the first new one that we're trying 
And we'll announce these as Jackson opens more. Yeah, of we'll announce the episode. So it's their Barry Noir. Yeah, I'm gonna try one of these. Barry Noir, Noir, whatever you call it. Ooh, it's the American way or the French way of saying it. This is a pink like. But sour ale with mixed berries. And spoiler alert: I'll let Colton try it first. Get I mean, those, I've already tried it, but I'll let him try yeah, it here. Get those, <laughs> you know, take a whiff. Get those, get those smells in. It smells like Fruit Loops. <laughs> I get, I get a whiff of, yeah, fruit, uh, no, no, <laughs> not Fruit Loops. Crunch and berries. Not Crunch Berries. Oops, what's, all berries. What's, <laughs> what's that Flintstones one? Oh, uh, Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. I get a Fruity Pebbles note from it. Okay. So, all right. I'm going to take a second. I don't know if that's a compliment to the beer or not, but just try it. I'm going to leave that ambiguous there. <laughs> Oh, that is really, really good. Yes. Mm. So it's a sour ale. Mm. And I'm usually not a huge fan of sours, but this one just does it right. It's got the I, right amount of yeah. tart and the berries. The It's got the sweetness. It's got tart. It's, it's just delicious. It feels it, like it has a different flavor from when it enters your mouth to when it gets to the back of your tongue. Yeah, it's slightly. Well, because it's mixed berries. Yeah. I don't know what berries it is. I, I don't think it's. I feel like our, our good friend Caleb, who loves sour beers, would approve of this one. I think he would. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll have to. We'll have to. We'll have to message. You know, call him up and say, "Hey, go try this beer to get but his, this is a, his seal of approval." This is a kick-ass this is beer, in my mm. opinion. It tastes. It's almost like. It kind of reminds me of like a grape soda or something. Yeah. But none of the bad parts of it. It's, it's sweet and tart, but it's not like... It's not overly tart or overly sweet. Yeah, it's not one of those... It's, well, it's a little bit on the sweeter side, but to its benefit. But you know, you know how like some fruits are very bright tasting? This is not mm. a bright taste. This is like a blueberry. Yeah. You know, you get one of those sour blueberries that's not quite ripe. That's what it tastes that like. That type of tartness. Yeah. yeah. And I love blueberry flavor stuff and oh. just blueberries not just flavored um like yeah. blueberry pie blueberry pie is <laughs> don't even get me started on i have pie. a bag of frozen blueberries in the fridge and i just snack on them i just Hell get yeah a, just get a bowl, little bowl of them and just, it's good for your brain too it's good i for hear the brain yeah good for other things i assume yeah i've always heard about the brain thing and then carrots are good for your eyes so if you eat blueberries and carrots Blueberries That's are good for good your combo. brains. Carrots are good for your eyes. And hair. Right? And hair. And um, then... Apples are good for your nose. Oh, well, Nate, they're good. They keep the doctor away. They keep know? the doctor away. So... Um, <laughs> Wait, now, why are they good for your nose? I don't know. I'm just making stuff. <laughs> I'm making stuff. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> don't listen to anything I have to say about medical things. <laughs> Ever. And orange oranges are good for screwdrivers. <laughs> oranges are good for screwdrivers, yes. Yeah. Good for your liver. Our um, old fashions. Yes. Yeah, you, you <laughs> get the orange peel. Oranges are good for your liver. Yeah, it helps balance that out. Yeah. <laughs> if you drink, if you drink a lot, it messes up if your you, liver. But if you drink, but if you drink a screwdriver, then it, it balances out and just, it just does nothing for you. Zero sum. So as like, long as you, <laughs> basically, the logic there is that if you if you have something healthy such as orange juice in your drink as well. <laughs> at least equal portions, then it'll cancel out any sort of um, ill effects of the alcohol. Right, because that's how chemistry works. And it'll works. just be a completely neutral 
effect on your body. Right. Well, you'll still get drunk though. Yeah, well, that's 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 the alcohol poisoning talk. Yeah, <laughs> that's unavoidable. We're talking about long term effects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the short term effects still apply. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's like smoking cigarettes. If you smoke if you smoke cigarettes, but you also use like an inhaler for your like, <laughs> asthma, it cancels it out. Oh, the long term effects. Of, you know, you won't get lung cancer. Sure. Yeah. Don't don't listen to us. <laughs> so we're liberal arts majors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> emphasis on. Never mind. <laughs> emphasis. Fill in the blank. On the V. The V. Yeah. The, the I don't know where I was going. The, that makes the. no sense. Why did I say that? If emphasis on the. 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 It's weird saying the or the by itself. It, it just the, doesn't... How do you say it? Right. Uh, or do you just <laughs> say you, how I used to say it when I was a kid? Duh. Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> did you know that... And so if you like see in like old English or actually it's more middle English, but like that medieval script where... So ye, ye instead of the, mm-hmm. like Y-E. So in middle English, Y was actually pronounced as a T-H. So when you see ye oh. old tavern, it's actually the old tavern. That's cooler to say ye old. Yeah, tavern. but but nobody at any point in history would have ever pronounced it ye. Huh. It would have been pronounced the or the. It's just the spelling changed. Because that grammar, ruins everything. Grammar shift, shift, yeah. Okay, let's get into All it. Right. So you go first. What's your first album that you chose? Well, the. Do you want me to do the first one on the list or the first one I want to talk about? First one you're talking about. I'm not going by my list of up and down. I'm just going what's appropriate oh, okay. to talk about. Well, my album's too inappropriate for this. No. In the context <laughs> yeah. of um, the moment. Duh. Well, the... F- okay. <laughs> no list. No list. <laughs> off the books. I mean, off... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not hitting the books. We're doing it on, yeah, memory. We, memory. Tip, we typically aren't very on the books anyway. So this <laughs> well, is okay. we're mostly on laptops. Yeah. If you want to be technical. I'm on a couch. And I'm on a wooden chair. Yeah, so I'm not on the books at all. <laughs> the books are sitting over in the bookshelf. Well, Anything, okay. The books are on the bookshelf, not me on the books. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm being really obnoxious. Like, aren't I? <laughs> um. So the album that I was listening to when I came up or helped come up with this idea. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's because we were struggling to come up with ideas, especially before someone's getting a call. It's my sister. Oh. I'm going to ignore it. (laughs) Well, when you talk to her, (laughs) tell Ivy I said hi. Yeah. She doesn't care. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but oh, geez. So yeah, the album that I was listening to, one of my favorite bands ever. Yeah, I would I would go that far. But I was listening to Alice in Chains, Ooh. Facelift, their first album. Oh yeah. And while it may not technically be their best, some argue Dirt is. Some argue, yeah, most people argue that Dirt is. Dirt's pretty good, yeah. Um, but facelift. Let me take you back in time. Okay, let's. We to got Jackson. S- we're gonna set the stage here. 
time, time, it's going to be a time, a little flashback. A, a, like, ooh. Freshman year of high school, Jackson, 15 slash 16 years old, something. Um, 15. Uh, yeah, I was 15 yeah. at this point. Freshman I mean, I was 14 at the beginning of the year, yeah, okay, but I turned I see. 15. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, I've always known about Alice in Chains. Well, I'm going to tell you a dirty little secret. <laughs> yeah. I never liked Alice in Chains Ooh. at all, at Ooh. least from what I heard on the radio. Well, especially because... Okay, saying I didn't like them is going a little too far, but I was never big fans of them. I always just thought, oh, they were kind of, they exist, you know. Yeah. They're, <clears throat> I, I never thought much of them. I think that's a good way of saying it. Well, anyways, I finally gave, and this is when I actually, um, I finally gave um, Allison Chains a genuine try, right? And, well, I was like, well, I got to go back to the first album. And I listened to Facelift. And the first song on that album immediately knocked me off my feet. I was completely wrong. Because the, re- the main thing I didn't like about Allison Chains was Lane, Lane's voice. I wasn't a big fan of his voice at first yeah, for yeah. a long time. But now I love it, and it's awesome, and it's haunting, and... He had a powerful, amazing voice, but that first, the first song on the album just completely changed everything for me. We Die Young, and then it goes straight into Man in the Box. And see, Man in the Box was one of the ones I was annoyed with yeah. at that time because it was played so much but on it's the radio. A, but it is a good song. It is a good song. It's not like Smells Like Teen Spirit where that's played on the radio and it's also, eh. Yeah, yeah, even Kurt Cobain thought that but was But it's eh. more like... Lithium. Yeah, yeah. Which actually is a good song. Man in the Box is a good <laughs> song, but it was uh, I was annoyed. I was tired of it. But the way we die young, and it has such an awesome opening guitar riff from one of my favorite guitarists, Jerry Cantrell. Oh, he's he's out of all the the grunge and what to call it grunge or not is a conversation. We'll call for it grunge day. for now because that's a, a whole deal. There's a whole philosophical argument around that that goes into <laughs> theology and all that sort of. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, out of all the grunge guitarists, Jerry Cantrell is, I think, the best. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of my favorite guitarists. Yeah, he's so um, fucking good. He, yeah, I mean, we can go on by about Jerry Cantrell. His riffing, his songwriting is there. Um, Solos are there. Everything's there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah, we die young and we can't play it, but just check it out. The, just, just start facelift and you'll immediately, if you like rock, if you like rock music or metal, you'll be blown away because Allison chains, they're in a funny position. Their first album. Well, it's in the grunge era and we just talked about how we're not going to define grunge. It's more alternative metal, in my opinion. Alice in Change is the It least, is alternative metal. Alice in Change, out of all the bands that are considered grunge, it's the band that complies the least, I think, to the definition of what people say grunge is. Well, 
Well, Pearl Jam is considered grunge, and sense, they're yeah. completely different than Nirvana. They're very yeah. well, riff-heavy. I, I actually think Nirvana is far more punk than they are grunge. Oh, yeah. I think Pearl Jam and maybe Soundgarden are the two I think, honestly, bands. Soundgarden is probably the grungiest. Yeah. And yeah. I love Soundgarden, too. But Soundgarden's great, yeah. Alice in Chains, and they've always, I think they've always, I don't think they've really changed that much uh, in the sense of what genre you could classify them as. But I, I like to say, I, I've always considered them to be all alt metal. And um, that first album, I mean, really, it's just metal. It's just, it's, I mean, yeah, you could say it's hard rock and then the lines get blurred there, but it, it's just badass, okay? And yeah, it goes straight into Man in the Box. And it's got a, um, another great song off, off of that album, which is a very underplayed and, uh, underrated song in my opinion even among Alice in Chains fans yeah that I've seen is Sunshine I love that one I love the it's got a lot of like bluesy riffing at the beginning and I think that's another thing I like about them they have a lot of blues influence yeah in the music. You, it's they're there. in the same way they're one of those bands where they're far more complex than they seem on the surface oh yeah yeah um, well, I, I think the, the king of all bands that are way more complex than they seem on the surface is ACDC. Oh, yeah. Um, because if you really listen to ACDC, especially their really early stuff, they're a blues band. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That just plays really damn hard and fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's what a lot of those Alice, classic rock bands were. They started yeah. as blues bands and then it just went from there. Yeah. But um, Allison Change is absolutely, you know, they, they're. Um, really, sometimes really bluesy. And another great one off that al- album is Sea of Sorrow. Um, it ain't like that. Uh, there, I mean, while that album has the least number of hits, I think all together it's just a well put together banger after banger album, in my opinion. And it just has this style to it. Because Alice in Chains, they've always been known for this darkness and for. Um, they're the, one of the most perfect examples of like '90s alt metal, and th- there's some loud neighbors. What? Yeah, shut up, neighbors. shut up. <laughs> um, like, share this podcast if you think our neighbors should shut up. Yeah, if you can even hear them, <laughs> you, you should be able to. But, but whether you can hear them or not, if you think yeah. they should shut up. <laughs> um, and and then you um, you have all these bands that kind of came off of that um, from the fame of Alice in Chains. Yeah. Bands like Tool. Bands like... Um, <laughs> Tool. Tool. <laughs> uh, I don't like Tool What's very the other much. one? Um, what's the other... I can't remember. I can't... Uh, um, I don't know. Well, there is... I will say there is like a lot of crappy posts i can i can name a couple of bands that are kind of but i like tool in that vein but i don't know if they're what you're thinking of corn corn corn's alice and chains they're kind of like yeah yeah. um but yeah you you just have this they basically made this whole new genre of this alt metal and it's just amazing and yeah that first album just it the whole time lane's voice jerry's guitar it just gave me goosebumps yeah, and that's kind of the factor that I got from all these albums. I'm gonna name a couple of the, so several of the albums here are albums that like, several of them are ones that I've listened to for a long time since I was a little kid, and they're just very important to me. Yeah, 
and I think they're influential at least a bit to other people. But um, some of these albums that I have on my list are ones where the first time I listened to it, I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's got to have the whoa factor, right? Yeah. And yeah, Facelift is just... And yeah, Dirt, yeah, that's the Alice in Chains masterpiece in most people's minds. But Facelift holds a very special place in my heart and in my memories. Yeah. And there, I, there will now, yeah, I listen to it all the time, but there will never be that first time again. The magic no, of hearing have, stuff that you've never heard before. This new sound. That first and, time. That's why, that's why, you know, you know, we, you know, we talk about how like, Oh, we like older music a lot more, but there's still new albums coming out by really good bands. And I love that because I love listening to a brand new album. Exactly. Because I've never heard them before. Yeah. Um, it's not on my list of influential albums, but one album a couple years ago that came out that I got really into um, was, I don't remember the name of the album, uh, but it's by this band called the Rum Jacks, and they're an Irish punk band. But I listened to that album for like heard them. probably yeah. two weeks straight because I was like, it was new. I had not heard it before. And it was just like the first, those, those couple weeks of me listening to that album was just like, whoa. It's, well, it's not that it's just new. It, it's good too. Yeah, it's like you get a new um, wrinkle on your brain when you listen to it. Yeah, because yeah. it's just so good, and it's new in the sense that you never heard anything like that before, and also it's just unique. It it's because there's tons of new music I don't like, so just being new isn't that doesn't really matter to me. Um, it can be an old band or an old album, but my first time listening to it, it's new to me. So it's about uh, how you react to it that first time. I think that's so important. Um, there's been some bands, and I actually, there's some bands where I like their later albums, but I might go back and listen to their first, or, or maybe I'll just pick out a random album, and I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling that. But then I listen to some other ones, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's really good. So it's, it's just about how that first time is so important um, yeah. to the wow factor, the it factor. Well, I've, I've got an album here that is that same feeling um, if you're done with Alice in Chains. I, anything else all like, I got to say, I got to have more to say about Alice in Chains. Yeah. So you have a little... Uh, and I don't want to get too into it, but yeah, but Lane Stanley died. There's no getting around that. He died 17 years ago, okay? Yeah, but they've done pretty good since They've though. done amazing since then. Yeah. And there's a lot of Alice in Chains fans I've seen, and I don't consider them Alice in Chains fans because they're like Lane Stanley-Oli, you know? It's like Alice in Chains was more than just Lane Stanley. Yeah, his voice was amazing. His contributions were great, especially in the beginning until... He really got into heroin, which wasn't yeah. good. But, um, yeah, he had an amazing voice. There's no repeating that. And every time I listen to him, I just get this haunting but amazing feeling at the same time. But Will, uh, William Duvall, the, the new and second singer of Alice in Chains, I think he does an amazing job. He doesn't copy Lane Staley. It's like he's paying tribute to Lane Staley. And yeah. he has his own voice. He sounds different. 
Yeah, and that's that's I, what I always that's appreciated. That's what I admire. That's what I appreciated about um, uh, this, the singer for ACDC. Is the oh, uh, oh Brian, I, was, I was just... Brian... What's his... Not, I was not, just listening to a radio segment talking about him. Um, it's going to be driving me crazy. I don't remember his last name. Let me look it up. <laughs> I, I know my dad would know. And it's gonna, it's gonna be. You're gonna say it, and I'm gonna be like, "Oh, how do we not know?" That? I know it's Brian. It's Brian something. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson is really good. I prefer the original singer. Yeah. But Brian Johnson, while he kept the sound of the band and the sound of the original singer, he did bring his own, uh, you know, feel to it. He doesn't sound like the original singer. He just has the same feel and attitude of the original singer. Which you know was always I thought ad- very admirable. Um, oh, I gotta open another beer here. Ready? Ew! When did Axl Rose sing for them? Um, like the last year or two to now, because Brian Johnson doesn't sing anymore. Oh, that's true. He's, he sings for them. He's retired. Axl Rose is their current singer, which just bums me out every time I hear that. Yeah, just, it's very depressing. Every time I hear about Axl Rose, I get bummed out. That's so de- <laughs> that's so depressing. I'd like to formally apologize to all our listeners <laughs> that we mentioned Axl Rose. Also, I'd like to apologize to all our listeners that do like Guns N' Roses. I like Guns N' Roses. I like Guns N' Roses. Um, <laughs> I don't like Axl Rose. Like Slash is awesome. Slash is awesome. Uh, and Duff McKagan. And don't yeah, Duff McKagan. Uh, don't get me wrong, Guns N' Roses had some bangers. Oh yeah, you know, Welcome to the Jungle. Though. Banger. Appetite for Destruction. That's, that's a great album. That's but a very it's not like no, it's, Guns N' Roses always I always held in the same regard as like Aerosmith. I really like you know, they have yeah. some good songs and I like them and they're fun, but I was never like blown away by them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think there's anything special about them. Um anyway, I've got um Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, facelift. Listen to it, please. If you've never listened to it, <laughs> listen to it. And if you <laughs> If you if you, if you only heard the new Alice in Chains stuff, I recommend you go back and listen to it. Um, but I love the new Alice in Chains, like their most recent album. Maybe in ten years, this will that will be on this list too. Who yeah. knows? Anyway, though, if it stands the test of time, it does. It's, it's really good. But I've got an album yeah. here, and you were talking about albums that the first time you heard it made you go, "Whoa!" Yep. And just you had that feeling, and the, like there's a memory of the first time. Yeah, you heard it's the album. this. It's just this inexplicable, like yeah, feeling. And it's like this, this. It's one of those. It sticks with you, so you you remember where you were yeah. when you first heard the album. And I've got an album here by a band that I have that for, but it's not my favorite album of the band, and I want to talk about my favorite album of the band. All right. So I'm a big Flogging Molly fan. Oh, I know. And you've made me a big Flogging Molly yeah. fan. <laughs> we love Flogging Molly. We go, we did before COVID, every year to go see him on St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Um, that was the plan. Yeah. Uh, next time, next time they're... Hopefully. <laughs> if, if it's safe come to on go. 20, come on, 2021. Yeah. 2021. This, give us, it give us a good St. Patty's Day. Well, it has to be a better year because it's the Millennium's 21st birthday. Uh, yeah. Think about it. It's, well, it's either going to be... Well, <laughs> think of it this way, though. It, it's... It's should be a really good year, but there's always the chance that uh, 22 will be a terrible year because the year was so drunk from <laughs> 21st. It's going to be hungover. Um, <laughs> so 2022 might be awful. Um, 
Anyway, <laughs> so the their latest album, Life is Good, is a fantastic oh, album. Oh, I love it, yeah. Really good. And I remember the first time, I, I, I have memories of the first time when that came out, you know, I, I remember I was, I was uh, staying at my parents' house for like a couple weeks. And I remember lying down in a bedroom on the floor with my headphones and just listening to that album. And specifically, like, I mean, it's full of really good songs, but my favorite is The Last Serenade. It's about halfway through the song. And it's this really, like, chill uh, song that's just really relaxing. Yeah. But my favorite Flogging Molly album, and this, I, I wanted to bring this album up because it's, I'm super into Irish music and Irish punk. Um, and this was the album that got that started is Float. Float. Float yeah. is absolutely my favorite Flogging Molly album, and I think it's a very influential album uh, for you know the Irish punk genre. Mm-hmm. But this was an album that I did not listen to any of the other Flogging Molly albums for several years. I only had heard this one album. <laughs> oh, and that was your first album? Yeah, it was the first album I had listened to them. And I, I probably heard it for the first time sometime like when I was in fourth or fifth grade. Oh, wow. And it probably wasn't until high school that I bothered looking up their other albums. <laughs> no, yeah. But, uh, but I remember bonding with, I had a friend in high school who was also into Flogging Molly. I remember bonding with him over this album. And uh, there's um, the song Float is probably my favorite song on the album. You know that song? Yeah. I can't really remember how it goes, but I've, I've heard it a lot. It's acoustic. It's an A minor. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was the first, that was one of the first, like, earlier songs I learned how to play on guitar when I was learning how to play guitar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, Flogging Molly for me, um, I mean, obviously you have uh, Drunken Lullabies, you know. So that's the classic. That's the classic. I mean, <laughs> people people overlook Swagger as a classic, though. Swagger's Drunk one Lullabies, I like going back to. Drunken Lullabies was their second album. Swagger was the the classic before Drunken yeah, Lullabies. Yeah, that's true. Came. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think it's on, or no, I think it's a single actually, or it might be on the most recent album. Which one? Um, it's the, it's uh, I forget exactly what the song's called. It's kind of a long title, but I love it. Um, I think it's like the last day of the rest of our lives, part two, or something like that. That's on the new album. I love that song. That's a really good one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think another underrated Flogging Molly album doesn't get talked about a lot is um, Speed of Darkness. That's one I actually haven't looked into that much. Yeah. I don't know why. I it's just one of their more punk albums. They wrote that one while they were, they wrote and recorded it in Detroit. Oh, okay. And it, it reeks the Detroit, Detroit city scene. feel. Yeah. And it's really, really good. It's far I've always fun. enjoyed the Detroit scene. Yeah. And a lot of good stuff's come from there. Definitely. Um, you want me to get into another one? Yeah, yeah. So, which one do I want to do? Because I have... I want to wait for that one. Okay, let's do um, an album... That have that ever since I listened to it, I don't know why it's been so long. I mean, it's taken so long for me to listen to it. And this album, it doesn't. It's got like one or two like hits on it, like radio. Yeah. But this album 
is a complete piece the whole time. Like, it's... I would consider it to be, like, art, yeah. basically. And um, the first time I listened to this album, it was, like, during the fall of my junior year. I remember the time. The, the fall, <laughs> like, the autumn of junior year? Or autumn. the fall of the no, junior year? No, the autumn. Because <laughs> that's way fall. more dramatic sounding. <laughs> yeah, it was during my downfall. <laughs> the downfall of in my junior, junior year. year in high school. <laughs> Not even senior. Junior year. No. Well, well that, that's why you gradu- graduated and went to college, because you had your downfall in your junior year. And then my rise. And then <laughs> rose to prominence and, <laughs> and victory at the end. No, it was during <laughs> fall, as in autumn, as in the season. Junior year is your best year to have a downfall, which is disturbing because <laughs> we're both in our junior year of college. Hey, it better not happen now. So, it's too late in the game. Knock on uh, wood. What? Well, that's not wood. That's not this wood. is wood. Yeah. That's tile. No, no, that's actually wood. It's just covered in vinyl. Okay. Well, let me knock on the real wood, not vinyl. Yeah. Well, knock on vinyl, one of my favorite vinyls. Yeah. <laughs> one of your favorite vinyls. <laughs> but um, the Dandy Warhols. Oh. And um, I'll get to the album yeah. in a second. But they're, you know, if you know anything about the Dandy Warhols, they're very, they're like the hipster band. They're super hipster, yeah. They were one of the first, like, in the hipster scene, I guess you could say. <laughs> I mean, they're from Oregon, too, so... Yeah, and that's the most hipster state, I would argue. They have they have high hipster credentials. I think they're from Portland. Correct me if I'm wrong. They they if I don't if, know everything about them. If you could have a bachelor's degree in being a hipster, <laughs> they have it. Yeah. Oh, they have a PhD. They have a PhD. <laughs> but they would never admit to it. No. No, they they would. Because <laughs> <laughs> a hipster never admits. Yeah. That they're a hipster. Because if they do, by default, they're not. Yeah. Which is weird because, like, I legitimately think I'm a hipster. Then you're not a hipster. But like, I admit because a real hipster. hipster denies it. Yeah, but then, but then they're like, no, I'm actually I'm cooler than that. Well, you can't it, classify me. It, it puts me in a dilemma <laughs> where I go like, I, you know, someone will be like, oh, you're you're pretty hipster sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, I am hipster. And From I now admit, on, and then I admit it. <laughs> but then the fact that I admit it makes me not a hipster. Yeah. But then if I admit that the fact I admit it makes me not a hipster, I'm admitting that I'm not a hipster, which makes me a hipster. But the fact that you're even classifying it as hipster is you not hipster. Yeah. Basically, it's a if you're a hipster, it's an unspoken thing. It's just you are. Yeah. Like, you don't go any further than that. But <laughs> the whole fo- we could talk about like what it means to be hipster <laughs> for an episode. But uh, Danny Warhol's and this album just took me in all kinds of places. Mostly good, good places. Mostly but good places. <laughs> it was in good places. And it just, I remember this whole time and like this album just was, it defined like the rest of my high school career, basically. Mm, yeah. Career, quote unquote. <laughs> it's high school. I hate, I hate when, I always <laughs> hated when teachers in high school would be like, would refer to your high school as a career. I'd be like, shut up. I live with my parents. It's a requirement. I'm only doing this because I have to. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so anyway, <laughs> let me get to the actual album. 13 Tales, I think this is what it's called. 13 Tales from Ur- Urban Bohemia. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the full title. I, I might have a, shortened it a little bit. But you'll know. When you look it up, you'll find it. And, um, yeah, the whole album is just 
continuous. Every song leads to the next, not only musically, but thematically. Like the whole album is telling you something. Yeah. Like you don't just have separate songs. No, they're just, it's all part of a big story. Yeah. And, and the big one from that album is, uh, what's the name of it? It's like Bohemian, not Bohemian Rhapsody. That's a different, that's clean. That's a different album. <laughs> also a good album. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Night at the Opera. I almost wanted to talk about that one. Maybe, maybe we will. But, um, yeah. It's the most popular song on an album, but I can't remember it. Like, I can remember the other names of, like, the songs that I really like that aren't popular. Like, Muhammad, uh, Get Off, uh, Horse Pills. Um, but w- the most... Bohemian Like You. Bohemian Like You. Yes. I, yes. I, I just couldn't <laughs> get that last part. I was singing a queen. But, yeah, that's the big <laughs> song. And it's a good song. And I know you've heard it. Yeah. Everyone's well, I, heard I've that. listened to the, Andy War- or the Dandy World. I've but also listened to Andy Warhol. Yeah. Well, not listened to him. I've You've seen, seen Andy Warhol. I'm thinking the, the Velvet, Under, Velvet Underground. Velvet Andy, Underground did Andy the thing Warhol, with Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol sponsored the Velvet Underground. Yes. He kind of counts as part of them a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But it's the Velvet but Underground was playing. weird. They were weird. Oh, yeah. And unpopular opinion, I prefer Lou Reed's solo stuff to the Velvet Underground. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which actually... Means, I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, which actually means that, that one... Velvet Underground album where the uh, was as Lou Reed and the other main guy, I don't remember his name, but he left the band. So it was just Andy Warhol with the rest of the band, and they made that one last album under the as the Velvet Underground, and it pretty much just sounds like a Lou Reed album. Uh It's considered like the worst of the albums. I actually really like it because it just sounds like a Lou Reed album, (laughs) (laughs) and I love Lou Reed. But yeah, Thirteen Tales from Urban Bohemia just tells this whole story, and. But every song is unique too, but they always lead into the next one, and it's just a, I think it's an amazing album, and I can think about every, basically like every day I was listening to it, it kind of flashes back to me. Is it one of those albums where if you put it on nowadays, you kind of it just, will just like bring me back. You kind of just melt. I mean, as it, soon as it starts playing, it's not like. Mind melting and, and well, like I don't mean mind melting, like, but like, but in the emotion, emotionally, yeah, you kind of just go. And that whole album, I I always go back to it. Yeah, and it's comfort food of music. Yeah, and For, yeah. It's, Ever, it's so it's a weird everyone album. Everyone has a comfort you got food some album. bangers on there, but also you got songs that you can kind of just fall asleep to or just like relax to it's it can be very yeah. relaxing and comforting in fact there is a song called i believe it's called sleep oh and the lyrics are if i could sleep forever uh is it a song you can sleep to you can yeah it's oh. very it'd good be really that. it'd be really cool if it was a song that was like really <laughs> hard and it's like keeps and energetic and keeps you awake <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's another one of my favorite ones and um that's another one that's a little bit more recent in my own life, but it yeah. it's, it's lasted. It stood the test of time. I've got an me. album that's, I think, in a similar vein, also kind of hipster. Although this band is less hipster, hipster. They're more, but they are definitely indie rock. Um, and it's, you know, defined. This is a, also an album that kind of defined my high school. It's probably the, my most, probably one of my most listened to albums of all time. Oh, wait, wait. I, let oh. me. 
Oops, sorry. I don't want to interrupt. But the other song was Godless. I Godless. love that one. I played that one before. Yeah. Uh, Get Off. I play that one a lot. And it, yes, it does. It has a double <laughs> meaning. That's all I'm going to say. There's a meaning there. <laughs> you dirty. Hey, I didn't do it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, some of the, so it starts out Godless, Muhammad, uh, Country Lever. That one's pretty good. Um, the Cool Scene. I like that one. And then the last one, which I didn't remember the name of it until now, but it's the one that, like, it's, like, the album ends on this monumentous, like, crescendo. Oh, And it's called The Gospel. And it starts out, like, a gospel, but then it, like, builds up and, like, becomes this big thing. And Yeah. Yeah, it's just just one of those albums. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've got an album that it's not an opera story altogether album well, no, it like doesn't like, have to be like your album does but it's in the same vein um well the band stylistically is in a similar vein this album is not necessarily okay. this album's a lot chiller than your album not that your album isn't chill um but not as grand not as grand this is like, this is yeah this is the album from the beginning to the end is just like driving late at night on a Ooh, I love those kind of albums. This is the stuff. Music. music. And this, this, this is probably my most listened to album throughout all of high school. Oh, wow. Um, I bet you might be able to guess the band. Because it's one of my favorite, it's my, my favorite band of all time. Stiff Little Fingers. No. No, okay. That not, is one of your favorite bands, though. Yeah. Not punk rock, though. <laughs> okay, not punk. One word? I, I don't know, man. It's Wilco. Wilco. Ah, how did I not get that? <laughs> Hipster, dad rock. Dad. <laughs> I could have. I probably should have said dad rock as the hint. If you said dad rock, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dad uh, uh, Wilco, one of my favorite bands, and their album Sky Blue Sky. I remember you. Uh, you showed me that album album on a road trip we were on. Yeah, it's it's great road Grand trip Canyon. music. <laughs> and yeah, it was amazing road trip yeah. music. And I have listened to it more after that. Like it's good. It's this is this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Least dad rockish. I it's think it's there. I think it's one of the more dead rocky of the uh, albums. Well, because they're later albums, they get really experimental. Yeah. And they they actually verge like in uh, Schmilko, Schmilko, and Star Wars. They have an album called Star Wars. Oh yeah. Um, because I guess they're assholes. <laughs> How does that work with like copyright issues? I have no ideas. <laughs> um, uh, their most recent album, O to Joy. Um, I'm not as big of a fan of their more recent stuff. Uh, but their earlier stuff is a lot more dad rock. Um, and I think this is the peak of their dad rock when they started to experiment. A By the more. way, since we're talking about dad rock again yes. a yeah. little bit, a lot of people got the idea or the misconception that we thought dad rock was bad. No. No. Dad rock can be rad. It can be super rad. Rad rock. Hey, you know, um, we could call my dad right now and get him on the phone and ask him. He would say, dads are rad. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, that whole episode, obviously, yeah, it was our first episode. We didn't really know what we were talking about. But yeah, we weren't saying that dad rock is a bad thing. And if we called a band that you like or artist you like dad rock, that wasn't supposed to be an insult. No. No, so we're, we're, we're referring to dad rock as a, a sound. Exactly. Not as a... Sorry, I'm eating Doritos, but... 
not as something to be an insult or anything like that. Yeah. Wilco, we think, is pretty quintessential dad rock. Wilco is probably my favorite band of all time. You always go back to Wilco every time I talk to you. You're like, man, have you heard the new Wilco thing? I love Wilco. They're so, yeah. they're so good. But Sky Blue Sky is just, one of, it's one of those albums where when I listen to it, I just melt, like, physically. Uh-huh. Like, if I put it on the radio right now, I would probably just, like, become part of this couch. <laughs> it's just especially really, if you had a couple edibles too yeah especially if you had a couple <laughs> edibles because it's and it's not a trippy album by any means no but it's but it's and i've listened to it it's very just like it's got this openness and like yeah it's almost jazzy but it's not jazz and it, it is really good like road trip music yeah like, you want to listen to this when you're driving down a, it's just road a trip long music. highway it's rainy day music yeah yeah. I love listening to that album on rainy days, especially rainy days when I'm driving. Exactly. That is the best time to listen to Sky Blue Sky <laughs> on a rainy day on the highway. Which is funny because it's called Sky Blue Sky. Yeah, but it's just, but, but it, has, <laughs> it has rainy day vibes to it. Yeah. <laughs> especially the song Sky Blue Sky on the album is super, I mean, I guess the best way to describe the whole album, it's melancholy. It's melancholy, but it doesn't feel. No, I don't think. Like, but I, I think the sound—the best way—that's the best way to describe the sound. It's very melancholy. Of like, it's not a happy album, but it kind of makes you feel a little bit like better. That's yeah, the way. That's the it, way I I interpret it. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Um, well, like, let me go back to Alice in Chains. Yeah. Uh, Especially their first couple albums, super freaking dark. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, haunting and dark themes and especially dirt. <laughs> That's where it's like Lane's like admitting, uh, admitting to his heroin addiction, basically. There, but that it's amazing weird. albums. But it's weird because Alice in Chains has never made me feel sad. No. It's always made me feel happy. You and know what's like, weird is there's a lot of like weird. artists that they have really sad, depressing songs, but they're very comforting. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Alice in Chains, it's not even... Uh, most of like, their songs aren't sad, but they do have really sad ones, like Nutshell, Down <laughs> in a Hole. Yeah, Down um, in a Hole, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... It, a lot of their songs have this like sinister, like haunting quality. That's true. They're more, but it's like some something like leaning over you. But like, it's cool, like and it's yeah. it's just because I just I I just like how the music's put together. I, it's hard yeah. to explain. Like when you listen to an album that is supposed, well, it's not supposed to be, but an album that is sad or an album that's happy, they can still have way different effects on the listener. Yeah, just depending on your taste your upbringing, your, uh, you know, just all that stuff. Yeah. And, it's just and, very interesting. Yeah. And that's, but it's like these songs that are sad or melancholy just are so relaxing sometimes. Yeah. And Wilco Sky Blue Sky, that is a depressing album if you listen to lyrics. Well, yeah, there's a there, lot. <laughs> there's a song, it's probably one of, I think one of the most beautifully written lyrically songs. And Jeff Tweedy, the, the singer-songwriter in the band. I love Jeff Tweedy. He is really fascinating because he's known for being a really almost prophetic lyricist. People, I, I, I a lot, several years ago, I saw this uh, Rolling Stone magazine called him like his generation's version of Bob Dylan type of, like he's been compared to Bob Dylan. And I saw this interview with him or it was part of a book he wrote, I think, more recently where he explained his songwriting 
And uh, he puts way more emphasis on the melodies. The lyrics are totally secondhand to him. Wait, who is this? I wasn't Jeff here. Tweedy. Je- oh, yeah. Yeah, but he's considered to be a great lyricist, but he doesn't, he doesn't pay attention to the lyrics. But there's a, there's a song on the, the album called Please Be Patient With Me. And it's, the entire song is about, um, I'm, I struggle with minor depression. And if you struggle with depression, you know there are times where um, even minor depression where uh, the best, the easy way to put it is uh, you, you're not okay, but yeah. you don't know you're not okay. Oh, I see. And that's what this whole song is about. It's please be patient with me. Because I don't know when to tell you that I'm not okay. Right. And it's a beautifully written song, but it's super depressing, but it also makes me feel so good. <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting how that happens. And, but the, honestly, though, my favorite song, well, my favorite song on the album is uh, I Hate It Here. It's in the middle of the album, and I think it's one of the best songs of all time. Fight me. <laughs> um, and, but... <laughs> I'm not going to get too much in that song, but I, uh, there's another song kind of on the album that I really love. It's called, um, uh, what, uh, oh shit, I'm forgetting the name. This is embarrassing. Yeah. We forgot Brian Johnson's name earlier. Yeah. So. Um, the Thanks I Get. And it's actually not officially on the album, but certain versions of the album, if you buy them, have it at the very end. It was actually a single. <laughs> Good. I finally found a crunchy chip. Well, you know, the Macho's chips, they get soggy when they put the chips They do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those chips are only okay. ASMR um, chips have to be crunchy. Yeah. But Sky Blue Sky by Wilco. And it's just kind of a melancholy, but relaxing album. Relaxing, comforting. I mean... And again, sometimes these sad songs are like, if you want to talk about sad songs, I can talk about Tans Van Zandt all day. I mean, he has songs. He has a song <laughs> called Waiting Around to Die. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember that. And That's it's a, a song about one, how his life sucks, so, but he, and he's waiting around to die while doing drugs. Yeah. Because what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really dark one. Really fucking um, dark. But it kind of makes me feel Side tangent here. Yeah. Not tangent. Oh, um, you got a new beer here. So... The second beer from Boulevard Brewing that I consume or am currently consuming is their pale ale. It is their original, apparently. Let's see apparently, that can. their first keg was made in November seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine. Oh, that's a really cool. Keg. And it's a keg in the back of a pick. Pickup I really truck. think Boulevard Brewing Company excels on their can design. Oh, they have. Yeah, I'll have to post pictures of these bad yeah. boys. They have really. You should good take can a picture design. of. All four of the cans. Well, they up. all have the same general layout, right? Yeah. They have the diamond shape in the middle, but then um, different colors and different designs, be, you know, with that. But they always have the diamond shape, and at the corners of the diamond, it has um, since 1989 and the. Oh yeah. Yeah, it is a good design. Twelve it's, fluid ounce on the it's other a, diamond. Yeah. It's a well-marketed design, I guess. Yeah. You should get and a I love this berry one. It looks like a that looks like some dope carpet I would want to have. I would want that carpet, absolutely. Some yeah. like seventies, early eighties yeah. carpet. I would actually say that's more like uh, late sixties. 
the one that's very 60s is the Space Camper one. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's super, you know, 60s. You should get a picture of all four of the cans lined up next to each other. Yeah, remind me to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm drinking their pale ale, their original, and is it anything to write home about? No, not necessarily. Pale ales n- uh, normally rare, aren't. Rarely are. Pale ales are very, um, they're very safe beers. It's just a, I mean, it's about as good as a pale ale should be, really. Pale ales are IPAs, but way easier to drink if you don't like ops. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Nope. I need, I need another Honestly, I don't think many beers are that bad at all until we get to the really bad ones. <laughs> I need another kilt lifter like here. Like Old Milwaukee. Or Milwaukee's best. Mil- oh. <laughs> uh, you're going to say Old Milwaukee, and don't get me wrong, that's a shitty beer. But Milwaukee's best. But, and, but I, I, have admi- I do admit to buying Old Milwaukee a few times. <laughs> I've never stooped to buying Milwaukee's best or Keystone Light or... Any light beers. Although, if they say light. Although I will admit right. to drinking Coors Light. I've never bought it. Coors Light, yeah. But I've had Coors Light offered to me, and I have drank it. Well, yeah, if it's offered to you, if it's free. Yeah. Well, there yeah, there, there are a couple beers where I might <laughs> say no. It's like, wait, okay, do you have orange juice maybe? Key, Keystone Light is like, definitely one I might say no if, to. If they also have a glass of orange juice to accompany it. To make it a mimosa, then yeah. I can deal with it. Yeah, um, or really just any type of liquor to make it. <laughs> just make a cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> just whiskey and beer. Beer, beer is an underrated cocktail ingredient. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I have another one here that isn't that is very different from. Well, it's a hip hop album. What? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Is it Vanilla Ice? <laughs> Duh. No. Because <laughs> that's the oh only. Oh my god. Is it Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? <laughs> oh god. Then well, it's I, a hip hop rap album. Whatever you call then it. Then I can't. I, then I can't. What do you ex- call it? I, 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 if it's not Vanilla Ice. Beastie Boys. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, if it's not Vanilla Ice or Marky Mark, I can't, can't imagine what hip hop album you might be talking about that's. Groundbreaking. Well, I actually I have two hip hop albums I want to talk about. <laughs> Why not talk about them back to back? Because they're both groundbreaking. No, <laughs> groundbreaking and amazing. And the first one I want to talk about here though is uh, BC Boys Paul's Boutique. That yeah. album, front to back, or however that you want is, to say, that is a good. It yeah. is just like amazing album. It is just this piece of like culture, in my opinion. Like, anyways, getting back into this. So the album that, so yeah, uh, Beastie Boys, Paul's B- Boutique, and yeah, yeah that album is just. I can't say anything bad about it. It's just amazing. That's good. Yeah, and it is like this piece, and I'm not saying it's like art. I mean, you could say that, but. It's this piece of, it. it's really like this piece of late 80s, early 90s New York. It's just got the essence of New York, and I just love it. And, um, and there's some bangers on this album. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, 
Well, one of the ones I really love because it has a really cool guitar riff. And Beastie Boys, they're known for having good guitar riffs. That's why I appreciate the Beastie Boys. Um, but um, looking down the barrel of a gun. Oh yeah, that one's just a banger. And they even mention like Bruce Willis and stuff <laughs> in their raps. And I love Beastie Boys because they've always had this sense of humor. Um, I wouldn't classify them as like a comedy band, but they've always had a good sense of humor. And yeah. I've always enjoyed that about them. They're, they're, they can be uh, lighthearted. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just an amazing album, in my opinion. Uh, I can't remember all the songs off the top of my head. Because I don't really... This is an album... I don't really pay attention to the name of the song. I just put this album on, and then I just... I just get into it. <laughs> yeah. I just enjoy it. I just love it. Yeah. Um, but, no... Um, I've always liked BC Boys, but this is the one where I was like, okay, this is just like an amazing piece of music. Just, and yeah, I know License to Ill is considered to be like their groundbreaking album, right? Yeah. But in but most, and I will say, most lists that are like worst to best, it's always like a toss up between License to Ill and Paul's Boutique. Yeah, and for me, Paul's boutique. Uh, Paul's takes boutique it. is a boutique. Yeah, takes it. Um, yeah, it's, I can't. You you just gotta listen to it, basically. Yeah, go if you've not listened to the Paul's boutique. Oh yeah, it's just amazing. That's a must. Like as much as like some of these albums we mentioned, like Wilco, it's one of my favorite albums. It's not a quintessential album to listen to, but if you haven't listened to Paul's boutique. Yeah, you go fucking listen to that shit. Yeah, it's you need music education if you haven't listened yeah, to this. Cool. Um, another <laughs> that's, really that's uh, Beastie Boys, and there's several songs I use from that album um, when I'm scorekeeping for a hockey games at the local uh, hockey rink. Um, I play Beastie Boys a lot on the on the loudspeakers in between in between plays because it's just really good. It gets you pumped up. Another album that. Is just this one I would say is like a piece of art for sure. Okay. Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory. This I don't album know that at all. Okay, well you should know it. Okay. <laughs> this album is acid jazz, jazz rap. Ooh. It's um fusion rap. It's just everything at once. And but the jazz influences are definitely there. Oh, I like and, I like when rap brings in jazz influences. Uh, That's cool as hell. Well, the first song, Excursions, has... I forgot what piece it's originally from, but it's got the stand-up bass line. Yeah. And it's a real stand-up bass, and it it's just an amazing... For this, the album to start on this, Excursions... And if anyone's listened to this album, you'll know that's just a banger to start on. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, nice. But it's a chill banger. It's a I, chill jazzy I banger. I really like chill. You can chill to it. Rap. I like lo-fi hip-hop, except lo-fi hip-hop often, often sounds the same. Do you ever listen to lo-fi hip-hop? This is I would I wouldn't quite say it's like lo-fi hip hop, but it's no. definitely the same vibe. I like that vibe um, that lo-fi hip hop gives off. Lo-fi hip hop itself as a genre has a problem of a lot of songs sound very similar. Right. Um, um, but I like that vibe. But this whole this whole album is just I would argue is just a masterpiece, and it's a '90s album that a lot of people forget about. It came out in '91. I don't uh, I don't listen to a lot of hip hop or rap. 
Um, I've been. There are artists I like. I like uh, it's more modern artists. I like Tyler the Creator. See, um, I haven't listened to much of him. He's pretty good. Um, older artists, uh, Spoonie G. Well, uh, obviously <laughs> you have Run DMC. Run DMC. You have um, um, Ice Cube. Oh, Public Enemy. Public Enemy. You have Public a, Enemy is phenomenal and NWA. On, NWA. Yeah. Um, so a lot of I like a lot of that really old stuff. I actually really like Snoop Dogg. Like, oh, how could you not like, like Snoop Dogg? Not, not ironically, not just because no. he's cool. He's actually really good. Well, he's really good, but <laughs> like, he is also one of the coolest people. He is so cool. I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> he lives, or apparently, at least at one point, had a house in my hometown. Oh, really? And Ranch of Calabunga. Ranch of Calabunga. Ranch of Calabunga. He apparently had a house there, but I never saw him. My sister did once. Yeah, wasn't he like a Jamba Juice or something? No, that was I saw Exhibit. (laughs) I wish my name was Exhibit. Exhibit. Uh, There was I was working at a a bakery. Uh, We make cakes. um, One of those types of bakeries in California, and it was this. It was in a shopping mall that had just a bunch of restaurants, and there was a a Whole Foods grocery store. Yeah. And I worked. Our our bakery was right next to a Jamba Juice. No, it wasn't a Jamba Juice. It was a Juice It Up. Oh, okay. Juice it up. (laughs) Um, And I I went over there on my lunch break to get a smoothie one day, and there was this guy in the lobby or in the waiting at the Juice it up. uh, He ordered, like, after me. And I was like, he looks really familiar, but I I don't know where from. (laughs) Like, I'm probably just – he probably just has a familiar-looking face type of thing. I didn't think much of it. So I got my smoothie, and I went back into – the uh, uh, my bakery as one of my coworkers was going also to get a smoothie. So you know she had she had come out to go get a smoothie. Oh oh. I didn't I didn't follow the instructions for this beer. Oh, we'll we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, I'm almost done with my story. But she you know she had she went in to get a smoothie right as I was leaving, and I was in the bakery in the back in the kitchen. Uh, it's drinking my smoothie and she comes back in with her smoothie and she's like, hey guys, guess who was in the Jamba Juice or in the Juice It Up? Uh, it was Exhibit. <laughs> and I was just sitting there like, so that's, I knew he looked fucking familiar. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> if, if, if you're uncultured at home, Exhibit's the guy who hosted Pimp My Ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exhibit was dope. Yeah. What was he doing? I have no idea. Pimp My Ride's not a thing anymore. Yeah. I wish it was. Anyway, t- tell me about your beer you just opened. Oh, yeah, I didn't follow the instructions. This yes. beer has instructions on it. <laughs> That's a weird... I wouldn't... I wouldn't. Well, because it's... Um, so this one, it's called Steep Drop, and it's a milk stout. Mm, I do love a good milk stout. And it says it's brewed with fair trade, small batch coffee. So, it's, yeah, it's a nitro milk stout. And, yeah, it tastes good, but it would probably taste better if I followed the instructions, Okay. <laughs> Because some of these, they're ready straight from the can. Other ones, there's some things you got to do for the best. I prefer when a beer is op- ready to straight open from the right can. away. But this it, one says... It throws me off when it has instructions. And as soon as I opened it, I realized I didn't do this. You're supposed to shake it So it's it too up? late. No, you invert the can three times. So you just turn it around three times. Okay, to kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, and then 
Oh, that's if you're using a glass. Okay, it's, oh. it's cool from the can. Okay, I see. Because it tastes good. Is but it, no, yeah, if you're going to pour it in a glass, you're supposed to turn the can three times and then do a steep pour. Yeah, a lot, a lot of um, stouts. You're you want to do a steep pour. So normally, a when hard pour. yeah, when you pour a, a beer, you pour it at a forty-five degree angle, so you don't get too much foam. Yeah. Technically, actually, you should, if you want the perfect beer, you should let it foam up all the way. Wait for the foam to go down and pour the rest of the beer. Oh, I see. Because the foam is letting out gases and stuff from the beer. Yeah. I, a lot of bartenders will do that. Like when um, they first pour it, I'm like, wait, what's all that foam though? Yeah. Well, well, you know, that, that's how you're supposed to do it in a bar. They, the way you're supposed to pour a beer in a bar scenario, or really if you just don't want to wait, is to pour it at 45 degree angle. So you don't get so much of a head on it, but a lot of bartenders will pour it mostly at a 45 degree angle. Yeah. Most turn of the time. it straight to get a little bit of a head because it looks good. Yeah. To have a head. Looks good to have about. <laughs> that's considered a perfect beer. Is well, looks good to have some. Head. That's considered the perfect compromise. <laughs> is to pour it a forty-five degree angle and then turn it to get a little bit of head. Personally, I like bartenders <laughs> that's what she said. like Dustin at Jabos, who doesn't. When I walk in there because he knows I'm a regular and I order beer, he doesn't give a fuck, and just pours my beer and doesn't give a crap about how it looks. It just gives me my beer <laughs> because he knows I don't care. But but stouts often you have to are. It's recommended you pour them straight without an angle. It takes longer to pour them because you have to wait for the foam to go down, but you don't want to pour them at an angle. And this one, I enjoy it. Nice. I like stouts, it's good. but I find often a stout is a stout. It's like the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. A stout, There's, I, I, it's hard to find like... They all kind of taste the same to me. Yeah. There's Except for that chocolate milk stout we had. Oh, that was delicious. That was like... It was a, a nitro chocolate milk stout yeah. or whatever. That was really good. But, I mean, like, there's good stouts and bad stouts, but there's not so many, I feel, noticeable like differences uniqueness. in the flavor and uniqueness in the flavors also, for me to prefer... Like, I'm just as likely to drink a, uh, you know, a local... A stout from Carver's Brewing, as I am to drink a Guinness. This one has much more of a '90s looking. That's yeah, that's carpet. A cool, that's a pretty cool can. That looks like something you would see at a skate skate rink. I was thinking a bowling alley, maybe. Oh yeah, it's a little bit more bowling yeah. alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, w- I will. Bowling alley and I skate will rink say designs. Regarding stouts, though, if you're at Carver's at any point here in Durango, Mexico. Um, you're right. They have a stout there. It's a. Uh, it's really, 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 really good. Nice. Yeah. But anyways, back to the low end theory. Yeah, it's just. It's. I think it's the perfect blend of jazz and rap. I'll have to check that out. You're gonna have to. You're gonna it's, have to write that album down for me. Uh, I want to check. That and out. it has an amazing cover. I'll have to post some of these covers. Oh, definitely. On Insta. Do like a do like a, maybe a collage. That'd do a collage cool. of the album covers, so at least the good ones. Oh, that's really cool. It's a lady, and she's painted. Yeah. Uh, there's there's an album because it just kind of yeah it's cool it kind of came to to mind right now. Um, also, I mean, pretty much anything from Tribe Tribe Called Quest is a good go. I mean, can't go wrong with them. They're they're pretty much my favorite rap group. And yeah. it's funny because um I I am not familiar with them with them at oh, all. Oh man, you gotta get into them. Uh. There, there's an album here I want to mention. Um, 
that I don't want to. Busta talk- Rhymes was also in Tribe Called Quest. Oh, I love Busta Rhymes. He's the one who famously, which here's a little nod for the future. Spooktober is coming up. Okay. Ooh. But yeah, but and we might talk about this movie in particular, but Busta Rhymes famously fought Michael Myers. And won. And won. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> it's one of the worst Halloween or Halloween it's movies. It's the worst Halloween movie. But it's one of my best scenes in any Halloween movie. <laughs> and I'm so glad it's not canon anymore. But I'm so glad it exists. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's an album here, before I get on to an influence, there's an album I want to talk about with you because I know you might have a lot to say about it as well. Okay. Uh, but before I get that, because you were talking about this, and you're, again, rem- I need to remind you, write that album down for me because I want to check it out. I've not, I, I've not I will. I'll that. send it to you. Um, there's this really album I want to album I want to mention just as a recommendation. All right. Uh, there's this band. They're African. Um, where are they out of? Um, I don't know where they're from. Exactly. Bless the rains down in Africa. It's not Toto. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, they're called Weezer. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> they're called The Very Best. The very best. And they, uh, there's a specific album I really like. It's called um, uh, Makes a King. I'm going to have to look at it right, here, right now because I forgot what it was called. Uh, Makes a King by The Very Best. And they're okay. kind of, they're very, they're like traditional African influenced, but they're, they have a lot of hip hop and pop influence though. That's cool. Really, really cool album. That sounds interesting. Um, I'm not going to go really into it, but re- I recommend it. Check it out. Yeah, you have to show really, me. Really, really cool album. Anyway, I want to I want to talk about like let's get a couple more of our personal ones out and then detailed album, personal but also super influential. Okay. Um, and this is an album. Admittedly, I didn't listen to him. Probably I had not listened to this album all the way through. Probably until uh, uh, I graduated high school. Okay. But I had heard a lot of the songs and was familiar with the album. Uh, and out come the wolves. You read my mind. Rancid. That um, I, I that's one of the <laughs> best freaking just best albums. In yeah, my it's, opinion. it's I think it's one of the best albums of all time. It's, yeah, it's definitely definitely one of the best best punk albums of all time. If oh, you disagree, yeah. pun, you know I'll, I'll punch you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, this is this is such a good album, and I I knew a lot of these songs, but it wasn't until like after I graduated high school that I actually stopped and listened to the whole album. Because it was, I just listened to these songs through playlists and stuff. Well, yeah, Time and, Bomb, And Ruby on the radio, and, and when I was at my friend's house, and they would put it on, and I would listen to it, and I knew all these songs. And then at one point, you know, I was like, oh, I should listen to this album. You know, I like Rancid. I should listen to this album. I've heard it's really good. And I put it on, and just one song after the other, I'm like, oh, that song's on this album? Yep. Oh, that song's... It's that just like, album... Is yeah. one of the best examples of the entire album is just banger after banger, and it's not that like album. the entire album is like connected or like whatever. But I actually it, think it is, it is a well well put together album is, as well. Well, no, it's a well put together album, but it's, it's not no like, Stadium Arcadium, <laughs> which I mean we have mixed, <laughs> we here at the All Drunk Podcast have mixed feelings about yeah, the Red Hot Stadium Chili Arcadium. But you that can't, was great. You can't deny Stadium Arcadium. It's great. Is a well put together. But album. what I'm what I'm trying to say is though, 
every freaking song is just a banger. Yeah. It's just every, it's one of those songs where albums where I can't decide which one is my favorite song. Well, sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes Some, I'm like, oh, I want to listen to a few Rancid songs. Well, I just end up listening to the entirety yeah. of An Outcome Woes. I mean, their other albums are good too. But they're, this they're, album, their more just, recent album is uh, actually really good. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Every time I'm like, oh, I feel like some rancid. I feel like even if you're not just, a punk fan, yeah, it's you, just you gotta like, check this album. If out. you're mildly interested in punk, this is the first album yeah. you should listen to. Oh yeah, a lot, lot of people who are not, you know, people who claim they're music aficionados, but right. aren't punk rockers, they'll say, oh, if you want to listen to punk, these are the quintessential albums. You want to listen to uh, Nevermind the Bollocks. You want to listen to London Calling. You want to listen to. Uh, uh, the adolescence. Well, London Calling. I mean, these are all quintessential punk albums. Yeah, don't get me wrong. London Calling is probably one of my favorite albums of all time. But I would say, and we've played in punk bands. Yeah. I think we have. I almost got to open for Agent Orange. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it didn't end. The show ended up falling through, but <laughs> uh, it didn't have, never happened at all. But I almost got there. I think I have pretty decent punk credentials. Uh, <laughs> we, I, I would say that if you're even mildly interested in punk, listen to out, and out come the wolves. Yeah, that's Just, that album is a classic. And it has stood the test of time. It never yeah. feels old or dated. No, it's just because it's kind of it's kind of so. Uh, Tim Armstrong before before Rancid was in Operation Ivy, which was pretty much a ska band. Got a lot of ska influence, and out and out come the wolves is very ska. But some ska bands, especially like the third wave ones, even though I still love them all, do sometimes feel a little outdated. They feel like the '90s. But and out come the wolves, despite having that ska influence, does not ever feel dated. That album, no. that album could come out now, and it would feel completely appropriate. Oh yeah, yeah. What's off the top of your head, mm. what is your favorite song on the album? Ooh, okay. Not this is that, tough. This is not a uh, definitive, you're not allowed to change your mind later on. It's just off the top of your head right now. I've always way- liked She's Automatic. Mm. I've always liked the Olympia Washington. Oh, Olympia's really good. Yeah, Olympia. I think, it, I think it's just Olympia. Or it might be either way. And I always liked that one. I've always liked um, Lock, Step, and Gone. Or Look, oh, Step, and Gone. Yeah. Uh, and I, Bowie, I mean, yeah, of course you got Ruby Soho, you've got Time Bomb, you've got... Um, Time Bomb's, I, I mean, I know it's, it's one of the more widely played ones, but I love that song. Exactly. It's just, it's just so catchy. It's so I like good. Junkie Man. Junkie Man's really good. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Uh, the War's End? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Maxwell Murder. Maxwell Murder, the it's opening super track. short, but it's just amazing. I the bass solo. It. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's... That's just a great album. Uh, and that's an album we can't say. Basically, you just have to listen to the entire thing because you're going to want to. As soon as you start it, you're not going to want to end it. Yeah. Uh, Listed M.I.A. Listed M.I.A. That is so damn catchy. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good song. Almost every song on there is yeah, catchy. It's, just it's crazy. Front to back, a banger of an album. Yeah, just banger just after <laughs> banger. So good. And it is one of the more influential punk albums of all time. Oh, yeah. Like, easily. And this may be controversial. I don't want to get too into it. Get <laughs> some cheese there. Um, Green Day. Dookie. 
Dookie. That that's an amazing punk album. I and really I really like Dookie. It's I really really like Green Day. They just lost it. Well, and they went a completely different uh, direction. Um, they're not. They're not even close to what they used to be anymore. And and you know I will say this. And yeah, I know bands have to change and update their sound, but you don't want to lose what made you so popular yeah. and what will, made you. I will say this. I think some respect is due to Billy Joe Armstrong or whatever his name is. Yeah, Billy Joe. Um, Him and Tim Armstrong are still really good friends. Yeah, Tim Armstrong. He was one of the first. Tim Armstrong always defended Green Day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I think respect is due to Billy Joe. Um, He's doing what he wants to do. Yeah. I don't like his new albums. The newest one is, personally, I think, awful. Trash. Yeah. But... I, I have I to hope give the re- newest one was like some kind of troll to the record company yeah. or something because it was really bad. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty, and it was bad. under thirty minutes. Um, which just because it's short doesn't mean it's bad, but no. it's short and it felt short. I can like, name <laughs> albums that are short. Uh, Andrew Jackson Jihad, the uh, uh, oh, or now they're AJJ, but the, most of their albums people are less who, than thirty minutes. People who can eat people are the luckiest people in the world, which is considered like the quintess- one of the quintessential AJJ albums. Doesn't it clock in at like? It's like, 27 minutes or yeah, something? Yeah, it's like less than 30 minutes, but yeah. it's a fantastic album. Um, but no, I, I, I like Green Day, and I think respect should be given where it's due of Billy Joe is doing what he wants to do, I feel. And Dookie's part of my childhood. That's yeah. the big one that I picked. Dookie, Nimrod, a lot of people quote as being really good. It's Nimrod, the, I love Nimrod. It's the other Green Day album that people quote as like, even punks go, okay, I admit that one's good. Dookie, I think is better. Dookie is all the classics. Dookie is a classic. Yeah. Um, Here's an unpopular opinion. I don't hate American Idiot. I don't either. I don't think it's... It's when they really completely change your sound. Yeah. But for what it is, a rock opera, it does a really good job of that. It's a decent album. It's, you know, yeah, they change their sound. I think it marks, it's important as it marks the beginning of their change into what they became but i don't think it's a bad album at all i think it's actually pretty decent i don't love it but it's decent nimrod came out a day after my birthday oh 1997 october wow. 14th which is our friend strider's birthday oh his birthday's right after yours it's, and his birthday was when nimrod came out i never knew that strider's birthday was a day after yours yeah it always has been we never celebrated his birthday well, he always did like his own thing, and we usually <laughs> just like lumped him in with mine. Strider, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm sorry. I never knew when your birthday was. <laughs> There's another and another Green Day album that I really like. It also released in October, but um, Warning. I actually really like that one. That is a decent one. I've not listened uh, that to it extensively. Pretty underrated. Um, I've not listened to that one a lot, but I, I, I think it's pretty It's got a lot of folk influence and stuff. and I kind of like that. I, I um, like when bands bring in folk influences. And yeah. Stuff. There's um, some points where it kind of border borderlines folk punk. Yeah. Um, a few times. There's Is that the album where they have that like gypsy punk song? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have the gypsy <laughs> punk song. That's so. a cool song. <laughs> um, there's I think that's an album that's like, it's not... To me, it's not overall like an amazing album, but it's unique and it's still good. Mm-hmm. So it does stand out a little bit. That album still holds a special place but, in my. But come on, Dookie. 
No, you can't go wrong with Dookie. That <laughs> one is, is also uh, that one and out came uh, come the wolves. Listen to those back and back, and that's like all you need to know about nineties punk. Yeah, in my opinion. Well, okay, I think there's one. Okay, more. not all you need to there's know. There's one more. <laughs> there's if you're talking about nineties punk, ignoring ska skater punk. punk. It, yeah, I was gonna say ignoring skater punk or ska punk. I'm talking about ninety punk, nineties punk, um, drunken pub or punk and drublick. Yeah. No effects, I think, is a pretty quintessential, oh, no effects, yeah. pretty quintessential '90s punk mm-hmm. album. Drunken punk and drublick. I always struggle with that title, but I think that's a if <laughs> if you're talking about a, a, a playlist of '90 of quintessential your albums you have to listen to for '90s punk. I would add No Effects into there. Those three would definitely be there. Yeah, there's some other ones. Too. I think I think after that, all, a lot of the other ones are optional. Recommended but optional, like Lag Wagon. If if you had t- the extra time to listen to another album, there's a couple Lag Wagon albums I would throw in. Also, you gotta throw in Sublime. Sublime, although Sublime, it's arguable if they're considered punk at all. A lot of people really argue that they're really on the ska radio. They have punk roots, though. They have punk roots, but a lot of and people they have argue a lot of it. punk songs, especially their early albums are very they definitely. Punk. Oh, I love Sublime. I knew this guy. What they were famous for was their ska reggae songs. Yeah, but oh, they started yeah. punk as hell. I knew this guy when I was uh, growing up, and he um. He In worked. fact, if you want to listen to the like more punk Sublime stuff, yeah, Sublime actually has a really cool like playlist that they put on Spotify, that they put on. Oh. And it's like all their like hardcore like punk stuff. Oh, that's cool. It's really cool, yeah. As long as it doesn't inc- include any of their fucking stupid re-recordings of Sublime with Rome. No, no, it's all the old that's stuff. That's all stupid. It's all don't, the don't ever listen to Rome. Stuff. Rome, if you're listening, fuck you. <laughs> Sublime <laughs> died in a beach with a heroin needle in his arm. Yep. <laughs> well, that was a motel room, but it's more romantic if you say it as a beach. Beach. Um, no, uh, I, I knew a guy when I was growing up that um, he was a sound man throughout the 90s in L.A., uh, and he did shows doing, being, doing sound work with Sublime. And, oh, wow. but, but he never thought highly of Sublime. He kind of was just like he was doing his job. And I remember talking to him. Uh, this must have been late 2000s I was talking to him, and he said, I remember him saying, like, um, uh, he, wish, he wished that he knew that he took the time to appreciate what he was doing mm-hmm. and that and who he was working with because at the time again he was just doing his job he doesn't he wasn't he didn't think much he, of he it. was like he wasn't working with sublime but he worked at venues yeah that sublime played at and after sublime died and everything that that then he realized he's listened to them more and was like damn these guys were actually really good i wish i had actually taken the time to appreciate it when i was there but yeah yeah bradley noah yeah bradley he and he was also, if you listen to his stuff, highly underrated guitarist. Yeah, he could freaking shred. I know people like to shit on, um, what's that one song? What I got, that guitar. So I can yeah. play the guitar like a motherfucking riot. Yeah, love um, is. <laughs> I people like to shit on that. It's actually, in my opinion, a very well written guitar solo. It's just very simple. You know what I mean? Well, you gotta listen to his other guitar solos, dude. Yeah. Um, um, Sublime. Um, um, they're a good example of an actual impressive guitar solo. I mean, it's nothing crazy, but um, uh, Santeria. 
Cancer. Yeah. That's actually like that's a that's a well known. Listen example. to their cover of Bad Religion. We're only gonna die for our own arrogance. Oh yeah, that's a good that's one. one of my favorite covers. That's a good one. Bad religion. Um, bad that, religion. I mean, I don't have an album another in particular. Nine, another 90s punk band you should listen 80s. to. 80s. Yeah. 80s, 90s. I mean... It kind of blends. It blends, I guess. But they started in the early 80s, 83. Yeah. If we're going to 80s, listen to X. <laughs> yeah. I considered con- uh, including Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Well, I considered including that album, mm-hmm. Los Angeles, on my list of albums. But I... I I'll I'd, admit it. I honestly know about that band because of GTA Five, <laughs> and I think a lot of people do. <laughs> that is, the, have you listened to their new album? No, I haven't. They came out with a new album uh, this year, uh, after like something like twenty or thirty years of a hiatus, and it is really good. Nice. Yeah, um, but I almost included a lot of Los Angeles, the album, on my list of albums because it's just really good. I just felt I didn't have a lot to say about it other than it's really good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But it's good. Another one that I have to talk about. I have to. And this goes to our Canadian listeners, which, thank you guys. All you listeners in Toronto and Quebec, I I really respect that. You guys have been hanging in there. We would love to go visit Canada someday. But But not right now. But (laughs) not right now. And also, we recognize that you guys up there probably don't want Americans taking (laughs) up all your space. Yeah. So we're going to give you your space. But, uh, you know... I, I've I've always heard Canada is pretty damn cool. And oh I've yeah, always, I've always wanted to visit Canada. And they're just so nice. I mean, let <laughs> that's us, the stereotype. That's it is the stereotype, but and and to be fair, <laughs> I've never met a Canadian who isn't nice. I work with a Canadian guy. You mean it's not not nice? Yeah, not not nice. Yeah, it's what? You've never met a Canadian that's mean. I've never met a Canadian that's mean. Yeah, I work with a Canadian guy. He's a cool dude. Nice. Uh, he was at my work meeting today. And Speaking um, of yeah. Canadian guys. Canadian guys. A lot of Canadian bands, including Rush. Rush. And <clears throat> rest in peace, Neil Pert. I, I think I'm saying his last name. It's the, either Pert or Peart. I hear it different ways. I've but always heard way, Pert. He. The ultimate three piece. They are. I mean, I'm serious. I can say this without even hesitating that rush is the ultimate three-piece band i've never heard i mean there are some good three pieces out there um but i've never rush is the most versatile they're a three-piece band talented. that sounds like 20 instruments yeah they're crazy and yeah rest in peace and they somehow recreate it on stage yeah they do that's that that's that's well, the thing getty lee he's playing the synth with his feet while he's playing the bass and yeah all that's that the stuff. thing that makes them so <laughs> impressive is not that on their albums it's a three-piece band creating a cool album but it's that when you see them live on stage, they actually still play it like it's on and the album. Neil, you know, he always has the 360 drum set with like every single yeah. drum you could uh. think of on it. And yeah, he was amazing. Best Rest drummer. Rest in peace. Best drummer of all time. As you all know, he died the beginning of this year. Yeah. So 2020 already had a bad start. I, one of the guys I work with, um, I think I told you the story, uh, he met Neil Pert here in Durango. Oh, I know he's rode through yeah, here many times. Yeah, because he he rides his motorcycle. Yeah, or, he'll road. go cross country. Uh, yeah. And uh, and there's a this guy I work with. He um, would run the the buses for the uh, rafting guides, uh, the rafting trips. And there was one time, and his job was to he would drop off the rafters at the top of the river. Yeah. Drive down and pick them up, but on the way, he was his job was to stop and take pictures of them 
for all the tourists and stuff to have afterwards. And he stopped the bus and took pictures of them at the halfway point. And there was a guy with his motorcycle sitting there by a bench, on a bench, motorcycle right by the bench. Yeah. And the motorcycle had the, um, uh, what's the airport? That's one of their albums. One of their albums that includes an airport? It's the air abbreviation for the airport. Um, YYZ? YYZ. It's an abbreviation. Well, it's not. It's the. Yeah. yeah. It's the code for their airport. It's the Morse code that they use. It's Well, it, when you ever see like the at Los Angeles National Airport. No, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's LAX. It's YYZ. YYZ so YYZ yeah. was his license plate. Uh-huh. And he was like, and, no, it's just a rush and, and this guy, he's an older guy and he's a rush fan and he's, like the guy <laughs> and he's sitting there. He's like, saw the license plate, saw the guy and he's like, I think that's, I think that's Neil Peart. And, <laughs> and you know what he said when he went over, he went over to talk to say something to him and he went over and you know what he said? And all the things you could think of, what would you say if you saw Neil Peart here in Durango? I love you. <laughs> no, I don't know. This guy goes, you know, you're in avalanche country. <laughs> Talking about hockey. Oh. <laughs> because he's like, he's Canadian. He must like hockey. <laughs> anyway, continue. That's great. Which but album yeah. were you talking about? Well, anyways, yeah. rest in peace, Neil. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, well, raise a, raise a glass a, a to A lot you. of people, well, Rush fans know this, but general audiences, you know, they, they forget that Neil wrote like 90% of all the Rush discography he was the lyricist even though getty sang and i love getty and he wrote some good songs here and there but like no, neil, neil he wrote all the songs and I there mean, was, was a master and there was a point where um neil stopped writing songs as often wasn't there i don't remember why it was like a, fam um, a family thing like a family tragedy yeah there was a horrible family tragedy um i don't know the ex i think i don't know the specific details but pretty sure that his daughter she died in a car accident um oh yeah sometime in the early i 90s. think i think i've heard of the car accident she died yeah. in a car accident and obviously him and his wife were so shook up about it it was a horrible thing um to happen and um his wife was so heartbroken a lot of people think that she was so heartbroken and just distraught and hopeless she was in, she ended up being diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, jeez. And then she died. Wow. Well, Neil Peart, he um and he ended up writing and I want to read it. It's supposed to be an amazing book, but he ended up writing a book called Ghost Rider Travels on the Healing Road. And the book is all about his experience of after this happened, he was completely distraught obviously. He gave up on music. He gave up on everything. And he just started riding his motorcycle everywhere. All the way down from Canada through North America yeah. down into like Ecuador and like South America. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was just riding all the time. That's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He actually. found a lot of beauty in like all the different landmarks and nature that he encountered. What's that book called again? Ghost Rider Travels on the Healing Road. I might want to listen or uh, read it, that. But basically... I, I, I like autobiographies and I especially like autobiographies by musicians. Yeah. Basically, he, um, his whole philosophy was like, I'm just going to keep writing and I don't care what happens to me. If I die, I die. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, and he wrote all over the place. But it's kind of depressing, but it's kind of. But kinda, also, but, but here's what. 
and it, it's kind of depressing, but it's that mentality, but it's also kind of he inspiring. Kurt started getting hope. He started meeting just random people. Some of most, a lot of people that didn't even know who he was. And he met just genuine, nice people that helped him out on the way when anything happened. Yeah. And he had all these cathartic experiences. And then he finally, he said, you know, yeah, obviously I was still really sad, but I found a new meaning in life. When was it that, when was it that this happened? This was like the nineties. Nineties. Um, Late 90s. And, then, and he really continued to ride his motorcycle like this a lot. Oh, well, he still yeah. did even after he was like, not over it, but like, yeah, you don't it just get, became oh, you, a normal thing. You don't thing. get over I that. mean, he's always rode motorcycles and stuff, but this is where he just went crazy. He just went on this massive trip, just constantly riding, Yeah, you know, both northern and southern hemispheres of the western hemisphere. That would be and, something I would do someday, except for him, I would be driving a car. <laughs> I don't know. Pussy. No. <laughs> It'd be a cool car, I swear. Like okay, a, what car would it be? Like a Prius. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're silent if they're under five miles per hour. They are. <laughs> I drove a Prius as a delivery pizza <laughs> delivery car. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> he um you know, he figured out that if he's gonna continue with his life, he's gotta get back into music. And you know, he got back together with Getty and Alex and um, just kept playing until he would eventually pass that's, on. That's a really uh, inspiring idea of he, he goes, um, gets back into music and music kind of helps him. Um, but the, that's pretty similar to the story of Dave Grohl after like Kurt died was, um, you know, he lost the interest in all of this. In, in doing but then he that. figured out that music was the one thing that would keep him going yeah yeah or after when uh, Johnny Cash when his wife died no oh, yeah um, he was the day after her funeral he was in the studio oh yeah because his mentality was like music is the thing that's going it's the only for thing Neil it took a few years for yeah. him to Get yeah. back into the music. For um, John, for Johnny Cash, he was mentality was like my family and music are the only things that are going to help me with this. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, besides all that, you know, rest in peace, Neil Peart. He was amazing, and one of the reasons he was so amazing because is the album Twenty One Twelve. Yes. That is really my first official experience with Rush. Yeah, I've heard Tom Sawyer and Working Man stuff. That's the Both same. Great songs. That's the same, same. Both great songs. Yeah, both. And like Free Will, which is... Limelight. Limelight, yes. Is a fantastic Free Will, song. by the way. Limelight was the song that I learned. I, I didn't really think much of Rush. I knew, I knew some of their popular ones. And then when I was taking guitar lessons, like private guitar lessons uh, through a music shop, when I was in high school, my guitar teacher made me learn how to play Limelight. And learning how to play it on guitar made me go, Whoa. Well, these guys are actually really good. Well, and Alex, uh, <laughs> Alex Leifson, Leifson, I forget how to pronounce his last name, but he is freaking amazing on guitar. Oh my God. He's, yeah. He, a lot of people say he's the most underrated musician in Rush. But then again, so. people oh, say that for each of them, basically. I think, I think he's the most underrated musician in Rush simply because he gets the least. Um, because he's not Getty Lee. Yeah, he did, he gets the least <laughs> amount of uh, publicity. Or Neil Pert. Yeah. Of, uh, um, Neil Pert is like everyone's. He's the best drummer of all time, which he, I think he is. 
Geddy Lee is the singer and the bassist. He just gets a lot of and he has you know an extremely unique voice and yeah, he sings oh, it's super an high amazing pitch. voice. Oh, but, it's still an amazing. Yeah, but the guitarist. What's his name again? Alex Lifeson. Listen. I always forget. I always forget his name. He's but so good. he is so damn good. Well, this isn't even on the album that I'm talking about, which this album has some of the most amazing guitar solos on it. But my favorite guitar solo of all time, period. I'm serious. Yeah. Is Free Will. Oh uh, yeah. Listen to that solo. I know that. I know that song. Not yeah. only the guitar <laughs> is amazing, but the bass and drums accompany it perfectly. That's why Rush. That's why I love Rush so much because all three of them are like just master class musicians. Yeah. They're all at the top of their game. And that's why they often sound like twice, three times, five times as many musicians as there actually is there. Yeah. And 21... Oh, they, they know how to fill the sound more oh, than so many other You can actually... Too. There's guitar lessons from Alex. Oh, really? That you can learn. Oh, he wow. has guitar lessons on Free Will, Tom Sawyer, on a few of them. And... Um, Hit one of his techniques uh, and one of the things he does to really fill in the sound, he'll be playing the main melody, but at the same time, he'll be strumming out the chords. Oh, he'll be yeah. playing the open notes. So does he, he tune his in. guitar differently sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. It depends on what song. That's Most really, of the time, they're standard tuning, though. That's pretty cool, though. Um, but 2112, this was my first official Rush listen, okay? That's the uh, same with me, because... Um, when I was growing up, I always listened to Rush, but I never took him seriously. Um, and then it was actually after meeting you, I had I had learned to appreciate Rush, but still didn't listen to them. And after I met you and I knew you were into Rush, at some point, you know, freshman year in college, I was like, you know what? I should sit down and actually listen to Rush. And I listened to 2112. 2112. Well, let me talk about, just real quick, early Rush. With their first drummer, I forget his name, but he was good too, but he wasn't Neil Peart. No. But no one's early Neil first <laughs> rush, they basically just sounded like another Led Zeppelin band. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Neil Peart, my theory is we wouldn't even be talking about Rush right now. That if anything, they would have been, been known as a Led Zeppelin they kind of a they Led Zeppelin been, knockoff. They wouldn't have been they would have been one of those bands that was good, but what They've didn't stand the out? Time. That didn't stand out. Like Herman's Hermits. Who uh, didn't stand out? Yeah. I, I, there is one song I know that I can name off the top of my head by Herman's Hermits. I know you know the song too. Oh, really? Because I can't even name a song from them. Henry VIII. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we play that one all the time. Yeah. Anyways, back to Rush. Um, so 2112. And yeah, there's, there's other albums. Um, and yeah, like what I was talking about, they would have just been like another Led Zeppelin if it wasn't for Neil, for Neil. Pert. Yeah. But everything, have, everything I've heard about, cause I'm far from a rush. Like I, I'm far from someone who knows who a lot about rush, but everything I've ever heard about them is Neil Pert was one of the biggest, um, driving forces in their sound. Oh Yeah. Yeah. And both in his drumming and his musicianship as also his straight up songwriting as well. And you have some good like Rush, especially the real, you know, the real deep Rush fans. You know, you have Caress of Steel. That's mm -hmm. a, that's a, that one wasn't as well received at the time, but people <laughs> really love it now. Um, but 1976, 2112, this album was the future. Okay, this, for <laughs> um, its day, this album was wild. 
super wild, yeah. advanced sci-fi album before Star Wars, by the way. Just saying. When did this come out? 76. Yeah, right before Star Wars. Star yeah. Wars was like 77, 78. I mean, sci-fi was big then, though. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek had already been out. Star Trek. 2001, A Space Odyssey. It was before Star Wars. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was a year or two before Star Wars. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember exactly when Star Wars came out. But, but 20, it was 70, 77. Yeah. But 2112, I listened to it. The first time I listened to it, I listened to the entirety. And the first side of the album, the whole thing is just one long 20-minute overture. It is one of those albums where the best way to describe it is... It's an experience. It is an experience. This is not an album you listen to. Like like earlier we were talking about Sky Blue Sky where it's a comfort food album where I listen to it when I'm in a bad mood and I'm just it when I'm driving around and stuff like that. 2112 is a you get yourself in the right mindset and you I go, think the, and then you press play and you experience it. I think the best rush <laughs> one of the be- better rush albums to just jump into probably moving pictures. Um, or maybe that's that's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. but twenty one of the more accessible ones. Yeah, um, and that's where a lot of fans kind of have a. I like there's it. a divide there. I like it. That's I think good. it's too accessible. <laughs> I like it. It's good. It's there's amazing. No, there's nothing wrong with accessible. No, I know. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. You always have the <laughs> fanboys that think if anything kind of goes mainstream, then yeah. it's then it's lost its artistic quality. Yeah. But no. Like, I'm a big David Bowie fan, and there's a lot of David Bowie songs and stuff that a lot of hardcore fans are like, oh, it's not weird enough. It was, yeah. his, it was his disco phase where he was selling out. There's a few songs I don't like, like Just Dance. But <laughs> oh, God. a lot of his disco-y stuff I still like. Oh, Same yeah. with the Rolling Stones. I like um, their uh, Some Girls, that album. What's the um, Miss You, that song? Oh, yeah. A lot of hardcore Stone fans are like, oh, that was their disco phase. That was their bad phase. <laughs> it's a good fucking song, though. Disco was rad, actually, I yeah. would say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good song. And that's, that's what but Rush it was like. 2112, you're right. It's an experience. Yeah. It's an entire sci-fi tale in one album. And, and yeah, you have the second side, which is just, just some other songs like yeah, passage, passage to Bangkok. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah, the Twilight <laughs> Zone. Something. Uh, I think it's something for nothing. Yes. It's either, I think I, I forget. It's either something for nothing or something I don't from remember. nothing. I think it's something for nothing. I think the other one's a new Foo Fighters song or something. They kind of stole the name. No, I think I think it's the opposite actually. Rush did not steal the name from Foo Fighters. I can tell you that. Something from nothing is true fighting. That's you were right. I was right, yeah. You were right, yeah. Something for nothing is rush. <laughs> that song's a banger, but that first side, there wasn't really that many albums that did that. Yeah. Um, well, there's this uh, this era that people don't treat albums this way anymore, which is understandable because of the way the market has gone with the music industry. Yeah. But back then it was more acceptable where if you're recording an album, you record an album as a hour-long experience. As an you well, were, you were when the, when you go to listen the to the mid to late seventies, it became that way. Yeah, but for for the longest time, albums you had a hard time fitting a couple three-minute songs on there. Well, the, 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 it was like albums where you had your radio, so you had to have songs that fit on the radio. But the album itself, 
If you went to the record store and bought an album and then took that album home, you treated it like you would nowadays treat renting a movie. Right. Where you would sit down and go the next hour and a half of my life of my this. time is watching this movie. You'd same with the album. Yeah. You go, I'm going to listen to this album. And that And people don't treat albums that way anymore, which is a shame. I know, yeah. But twenty one twelve, it's this epic tale and the guitar solos are amazing and um it's just that album Again, it had the wow factor, and it just completely blew me away when I first listened to it. Um, and I've been wanting to get a tattoo of the 2112 Starman logo. Oh, yeah. That'd you be know, the cool. guy standing in front of the star? That'd be really cool. Uh, yeah. I've been wanting to get that. And, yeah, that album was my first real introduction to Rush, and then I just became a massive fanboy ever since and discovered more of their albums and um, – and it's arguably their best album. Yeah. But it, that's the thing arguably. with Rush. I mean, you also have permanent waves. You yeah. also have hemispheres. You have moving pictures. You have A Farewell to Kings. One thing you that's, have all these just one thing groundbreaking that's, albums. One thing that's well done with Rush is not only that they're, all their albums are good. Well, wait, wait, wait. Most. Excuse me. Most of their albums <laughs> the eighty. Okay, the 80s were a, a funny era. They were funny. And 90s, uh, you have Roll the Bones where Rush did rap. I thought I'm that was, serious. I thought that was cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know which one I'm talking about? Yes, I do know which one I'm talking about. Yes. Um, but most of their albums are good. They have a lot of good albums, but um, they were very good about uh, making each album distinct. Yeah. Which is why there's a lot of people arguing about, oh, which is this album good or is this album good? Or because they're distinct sounding from each other. Well, their last album, I actually I recommend that one too. Um, I think it's a really good album, and it's uh, Neil Peart's last love letter to the Rush fans, and um, it has this song called "The Garden" on it. It's a really beautiful song. Uh, there's another one, "Caravan," and but yeah, twenty one twelve. Uh, yeah, the whole first side is b- basically one just extended overture. And yeah, you have, uh, you know, well, that's kind of cool. You have the temples of syrinx. You have uh, like waterfall or whatever it's called. One where he and I love the story. Let's talk about the story. So in the future of twenty one twelve, um, music and instruments and creativity, free will, and that's one of Rush's and Neil Peart's. Um, Big themes is free will. Yeah. Um, throughout all the Rush albums, you can find themes of free will and creativity. And um, 2112 is about a dystopian future where music and instruments, art has been outlawed. And everything is just based on logic and reason, right? Yeah. Well, basically, in the 2112 story, the protagonist, he stumbles upon... I think it's I think it's supposed to be an acoustic guitar that oh, he yeah. finds an acoustic guitar that's like in this cave by this waterfall and it's somehow like playable <laughs> <laughs> as musicians as musicians me and you are sitting here like bullshit <laughs> maybe it's like may, well it, it maybe it's like a futuristic guitar maybe that's a good point that's I never thought about because that. Because in 2112, it, it, it was kind of a recent thing that music was banned. Well, not recent, but like within the last 100, 200 years. Yeah, like Footloose. Yeah. 
So maybe it was electric guitar. But either way, he finds a guitar and he starts <laughs> playing. And he's like, what is this? And then he, pres- he, he finds a guitar and he presents it to these priests. Um, the priests of the Temple of Syrinx. I, I don't know how they came up with this. Syrinx. <laughs> but um, he presents it to the priests and then they say, no! And they smash his guitar and then he goes away all depressed and he dreams about a future and about life with music. And uh, the Solar Federation comes in and Rick takes over Earth and like music's back. What? It's, no, I'm serious. It is a sci-fi <laughs> freaking movie. It is, if you listen to all the lyrics, it is so, a freaking So tale. if it's like the Sci-Fi Federation comes back and... The Solar Federation. Solar yeah. Federation comes back and implements music. Are these aliens or humans? The Solar They're Federation. the Forgotten Men. So, that does, so does, does this imply that at some point in the past in the Rush mythos... I don't know if these people are um, aliens. Were, but were they men, men who left Earth and separated from the men who stayed on Earth? I think that's kind of what happened. And the men who left Earth took rock and roll with them? Yeah. And the men who stayed on Earth adopted <laughs> an anti-rock and roll, footloose-style uh, mentality? Yeah, but the whole Earth was that way. Okay. And then the men who left Earth and took rock and roll with them came back and were like... It's, I mean, one of the lyrics in, one, in the song says, you know, we don't want to repeat the mistakes of uh, the elder men. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> It's a whole. It, it's it's got lore to it. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. The, the but, rush. We'll do a video on the rush mythos. The rush mythos. The, Seriously, it's episode, it's yeah. a thing. But no, but <laughs> that album. Just if you're in the music at all, if you're into rock at all, prog at all, uh, listen to that album. It is just a. It is a masterpiece in my opinion. Yeah. And other rush. Good yeah, one. I mean good one. Yeah. rush. You know this. I, I I freaking love Rush. Oh yeah, I mean, Rush is great. I I've never been as into them as you are, but then it's like I've had moments. Uh, I've had moments throughout my life where I've ha- I've 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 had no choice. You know what's funny? I've been forced to sit down and recognize that they are good. You know what's funny? And listen to them and be like and appreciate them. I kind of had the same look, uh, or no, a similar opinion on Rush as I did with Alice in Chains. I didn't like the singing at first. Yeah. Maybe I was too immature or just not patient enough or whatever, or it just wasn't what I was used to. It probably was, it just wasn't what I was used to. But as soon as I gave them a chance, I just fell in love with them. And now, you know, Rush, Allison, they're like my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. Um, that's one of my last big ones. I have some other ones there. I, I do want to mention quickly. Um, yeah. So the Beatles, I pretty much, I mean, there's we can't numerous go, albums. We can't not mention the Beatles. We have to always mention oh, the Beatles. <laughs> if we're talking about anything music related, they're going to be mentioned. But they have numerous albums, obviously, that could be. And what's considered to be one of the greatest albums of all time is Sgt. Pepper's. Considered. And, and all the lists I see, it's like Sgt. Pepper's or I Pet Sounds. I Sgt. Pepper's, Pet Sounds, uh, Miles. Pet Sounds is better. I don't care. Or no. Also, Sgt. Pepper's isn't the best Beatles album. That's arguable. I think I, I, that's my opinion. I know you're an Abbey Road guy. I'm an Abbey Road guy. I also think the White Album is better. It's not a good album, though. 
but it has opinion. it has some far better songs. It's just a bunch album. of songs, <laughs> but it's good. It's a really good song. No, so, it, but, it, it is um, a good album, but I, I album I think, album wise, I think Abbey Road is way better. Abbey Road is the one that I think competes with Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds, I'm a big fan. Really good album. But I'm not going to get into Pet Sounds because it's not the time. Um, but, but like out of Abbey all Road, the major yeah. big albums that are mentioned, you have Sgt. Pepper's, you have Miles Davis, A Kind of Blue, mm. you have um, yeah. Pet Sounds, you have... Uh, these, are, these are like... This is like a list of influential albums, right? I'm just naming this. Yeah. But I do have from this website called History by Day, the top 10 most groundbreaking and influential albums of all time. Okay. We can get to that in a moment. Yeah, we'll get to that at the but end. But I wanted to talk about... Because there's, there's actually one album I want to talk about before we I get wanted to, to the talk internet's about opinion. A very particular Beatles album. Yes. One that I strongly connect to, and I think it's because it's the most... It introduces more of the like psychedelic experimental stuff, but it's also the most folk album. Okay. It's very folk. I mean, it's widely considered as just a folk album. But um, Rubber Soul. Oh, yeah. That's... I, I'm not saying it's the best Beatles album. I'm not even saying it's my favorite Beatles album. But it's the Beatles album that like I always go to because it's just... The acoustic work on it and just... I think... It just got me so into... I think that Rubber Soul, it's just, not to say that is it, it isn't Beatles sounding, because it absolutely is. It's the least. Oh, it's very Beatles sounding. It's very Beatles sounding. But in, if you think about the Beatles sound as the pop culture well-known sound of the Beatles. It's one of the lesser it's known not, ones. It's not up there. It's People don't think of Rubber Soul. It, like you said, it has that folk influence, which people do not associate with the Beatles. Well, Beatles have always had a folk influence, but they but people don't but think about this that. album is like folk. I mean, it's yeah. acoustic folk music. That is and a good album. That's an album I forget. I, honestly, I forget. And what's about that funny album. though, the U.S. release of Rubber Soul, uh, they took out some of the like more folk sounding songs. <laughs> That's funny. And they tried to make it more of a country album because there is some country esque songs. That's interesting. In there. Yeah. Um, Ringo sings one of them. Uh, what goes on in your uh, yeah. heart? Yeah, that one's I very that country. Yeah. It's, That's know. a fun song. I like Ringo. But I will say over and over again, I don't care what anyone says. I like Ringo. I Ringo's, love Ringo. Ringo's fun. But yeah, Rubber Soul. That one always, I always have a connection with it. It's a beautiful album, and it's got some beautiful songs like John Lennon's um, "In My Life." I think that's one of his best oh, songs ever. That's one of the most. Beautiful uh, songs they ever wrote. Michelle, I love that one. Um, Have you ever heard the Johnny Cash one. cover of In My Life? I Yeah, oh yeah, that's really oh, good. so good. Dave Matthews did a cover of it too. Yeah, but, which, yeah, <laughs> da- I, I don't mean any disrespect to Dave Matthews, but fuck Dave Matthews. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean that as, as I think he's bad. Marching with Ants or whatever that song is. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't mean <laughs> fuck Dave Matthews as I think he's bad. I actually can appreciate Dave uh, Matthews. But, but I, whenever someone, whenever I'm talking about music and uh, great songs and someone brings up Dave Matthews, I'm always just like, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's good. He is really good. But come on, <laughs> Dave Matthews. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you okay, might as anyways. well bring up Hootie and the Blowfish as well. <laughs> 
God. <laughs> Which I have is I have a Hooting the Blowfish CD in my car. Yeah. And I did not know it was Hooting the Blowfish because it's not one of his CDs that has the title on the it's CD. Just a blank CD. On the, it's just like it has an image, but I didn't know it was Hooting the Blowfish. Oh. And I got it like free. Someone gave me a bunch of CDs. And I was like, I wonder what this is. And I put it in and it's like I only want to be with you. It has oh that song God, on it. It's I that know. album. <laughs> Which actually is a good album. I hate that song. Don't get me wrong. I actually like Hooting the Blowfish. It's fun. But I want to be with you. Hooting the Blowfish is a once every three years I listen to it. Guilty pleasure. Type, type that, yeah. I, I, will, I will admit, I think, I think it's fun. But, I, I just, but back to the Beatles. Yeah, back to the Beatles. <laughs> Rubber Soul. Oh, Drive My Car. Nowhere, man. It's oh, just, yeah. It doesn't have like the massive Beatles hits. But it's just good. But it is, dare I say, like the hipster indie of Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, I love that album. And yeah, of course, Abbey Road is a masterpiece. White Abbey, album, Road, Abbey Road is my favorite. White Album is just like a, a menagerie of like all the greatest like genres in one. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Sgt. Pepper's was like the first big psychedelic rock. See, I recognize that Sgt. Pepper's is really good. Listen to it again. I've I just listened to it recently, the whole thing together. And I'm like, because I'd never been that huge of a fan of Sgt. Pepper's either. Yeah. But I listened to it again. And within the context, I was like, yeah, this, I could see how this okay. is like well, uh, considered I'll, one of the greatest albums. I'll say I never really enjoyed Sgt. Pepper's, but I promise I'll listen to it again. Listen to it again with an open mind. I'll listen to it again um, and think about more. I never disliked it, but I never loved it. I, I was always like, eh, I prefer these other albums. And then you have Magical Mystery Tour, oh. <laughs> which is all the psychedelic parts about Sgt. Pepper's, but. But without all the other stuff. Just psychedelic. <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean. It has but, its place. And here's the thing, though. Magical Mystery Tour has one of the greatest Beatles songs of all time on it. Yeah. Which is? Strawberry Fields Forever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And can I tell you, I know a fun fact about that song. Tell me. Because I, I do like that song quite a bit. And I know you like fun facts. I love fun facts. <laughs> woo, 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 Fun fact time. Skip a little bit. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> fun fact. Okay. But... So, okay, Strawberry Fields Forever. I think it's at the 27... No, it's... Okay, the second take and the 27th take okay. were cross-bled um, together. Oh, that's cool. I think it was either 26 or 27th take. But, so, on the second part where he says, Let me take you down Cause I'm going to Strawberry. That part of their like, transition. And it gets really weird and like slows yeah, down. And I know his exactly voice is what you're talking about. So that part, John Lennon, he really liked mostly the second take. But he was like, I really like how this part sounds on the 27th take. That's interesting. Or the 26th take. And, well, it's, back then, it wasn't as simple as just dragging a file. Or <laughs> you didn't have computers. They had to actually manually cut the yeah. uh, tape and well, um, well that's what makes and they um, had to tape them together at the right point that's what makes it and so impressive is these old beatles albums when they did those editing is like it's not crazy <laughs> editing by nowadays standards but they didn't have computers all analog it is yeah. very crazy editing. abbey road was a masterpiece in that sense of they did a bunch of editing and layering of instruments and stuff like that all analog 
Oh yeah, everything. Which is like, on. holy yeah. crap! But which is actually because you've done recording with me on songs and music in our band, um, and you know and I even like even our recent little song yes. for a particular podcast. That's uh, a teaser. We're not going to give any details though. No details. Um, <laughs> um, but you know I I really like to record analog when I can, and it's just it can be super. Super I, long and arduous to edit anything. I can't explain why, and, and that's true. It's it's a pain in the ass sometimes. But it sounds so much better. I, it sounds better, but and I can't explain. But I can't explain why. But I enjoy the process of analog recording. Right, it feels more, more legit. I don't know why. I, yeah, I can't explain <laughs> I, why. It just feels more legit. It just to me. feels better. I like it more. Um, but strawberry fields forever. So on that 26, 27 take, I can't remember, but he um. He, they, it was in a different key. It was actually in a higher key, but then I'm they thinking about out, that, I can kind of see that they a just bit. lowered it. Yeah, and that's and I why forgot, they slowed it down. I I don't know exactly how they did it. It's pretty crazy. That's but yeah, they, that's mind boggling. They slowed it down day. basically, and so that's why that part sounds so crazy because it's like normal. And I like, can definitely it's not going to. Strawberry fields. And right at the fields part. Is well, it's right at... No, it's where I'm going to. Right yeah, at that okay, part. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's considered to be one of the... Still one of the best edits in, like, that's, music history. That's wild. Because I would have never... I would have never thought that... I would have thought that was an intentional, just weird part of the song. No, but it ended up sounding perfect. I mean, it was intentional, but I just thought it was a weird part of the song... But then now that I'm, it's, I'm, I'm it thinking was, about it. It was because of the edit that made it sound that yeah, way. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, and you're saying that. I'm like, well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Why and, it sounds how it, well, it does. And it really fits in with the themes of the song because it's all normal. He's singing normal at first. Yeah. And then as soon as it really gets psychedelic, when I'm going down the strawberry fields, it completely changes into that new take. Yeah. And then the rest yeah. of it is that 26, 27th take. Yeah. And yeah, that's... I, I recently learned about that. And I thought That's that really amazing. cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I've got one more album to talk about, or I've got two, but I'm only going to talk about one. All right. Which one do you think I should talk about? The other one. <laughs> Iggy Pop or Billy Bragg? Billy Bragg. Billy Bragg. All right. I know less about him. Okay. Billy Bragg has his first album is... Uh, uh, spy versus spy. I pulled. I'm sorry. I... Like the game, like the comic. Kind of like the comic. Spy yeah. versus spy. Those like weird guys with pointy. Where is it? I had it pulled up. Those triangle head guys. Life's life's a riot with spy versus spy. Okay. It's the full title of the album. Life's a riot with spy versus spy. This, I mean. I'm just, you know, obviously because I'm talking about it is a fucking awesome album, but I had been familiar with Billy Bragg my entire life. I had listened to his music. What was it called again? Life's a Riot with Spy vs. Spy. So this is an album, and and there and there's there's a really cool version of this album. It's a common one you can find like on Spotify where it's twice as long, where it's the album, and then right after it keeps playing, a live recording of him playing all the songs from the album. Oh, that's cool. Which I love is, albums like which that. Which is pretty cool, yeah. Um, 
it's a short album. It's less than 30 minutes long, I believe. Really, very short. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So it's very short. And that's why, like, a lot of times when you look it up, if you search it on Spotify, you'll find it has a live recording to make it longer, basically. Yeah, yeah. To include that. Um, but I had, I had listened to Billy Bragg my whole life. Um, I'm a big fan of Wilco. Wilco did an album with Billy Bragg. Oh, called nice. Called Mermaid Avenue. They did part one and part two, or volume one and volume two. <laughs> and Mermaid Avenue, which is, if you're interested in folk music, uh, listen to these albums. They are quintessential because they are Woody Guthrie songs that Woody Guthrie never recorded. Oh, wow. And Arlo Guthrie and the Guthrie estate came to Billy Bragg and say, hey, Billy Bragg, because Billy Bragg is the British Bob Dylan. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, so they came to Billy Bragg and said, Billy Bragg, can you, would you be one to record these songs? And like, they were just lyrics. They didn't have any melodies and stuff. So they, they're like, could you take these lyrics and that uh, Woody Guthrie wrote and uh, bring them to life for us? Uh, and Billy Bragg was like, yes, but can I hire, a, can I get another band involved because this is a big undertaking? So he got Wilco involved. So there's a two volume album set of Mermaid Avenue, Billy Bragg and Wilco, where some of the songs are both Billy Bragg and Wilco, some of them are Billy Bragg, some of them are just Wilco, um, playing old Woody Guthrie songs that Woody Guthrie never recorded. Oh, nice. That's really, really cool. Amazing album. Really, really, really good. There's a Wilco recording of a song called California Stars, which is just a phenomenal song. But nice. either way, so I was really familiar with Billy Bragg, but I had never sat down at any point and actually listened to a Billy Bragg album. Okay, yeah. I had only heard him in the context of that or individual songs that I had heard on the radio or through my parents playing or on playlists and stuff like that. And it wasn't until, I swear, only a couple years ago that I said that I was like, I should look up Billy Bragg because I think he's pretty cool. I should look it up. And his first album, Life's a Riot with Spy vs. Spy. And it's such a wild departure from what I was used to hearing with Billy Bragg. If you listen to his newer stuff and pretty much anything in the last couple decades, it's acoustic, it's folk. But his first album is just him and an electric guitar with distortion. Oh, wow. He did not record on acoustic guitar. He recorded an electric guitar. Interesting. And it's, it, was, it was crazy for me because I, I had this idea of him as being this folk musician, which he is still playing folk, but just with an electric guitar. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like heavy distortion, but it's Led Zeppelin distortion. It's, Early Led Zeppelin. It's tube amp distortion. Yeah. But gain. it is, but it, yeah, a lot of gain and stuff like that. Yeah. And this is just, it's a, kind of a weird album because some of his songs have some kind of weird breaks in them type of thing. I see. Um, very indie feeling. It's honestly, it's folk punk. <laughs> Billy Bragg is one of the predecessors to folk punk. That is really cool. Like, not joking. If you were to look back and talk about the or originators of folk punk, the... The three bands I would bring up that influence folk punk the most, and this is Pat the Bunny and AJJ and all these bands, Mischief Brew and all these yeah. things, uh, even Flogging Molly um, and the Dropkick Murphys, uh, would be the Pogues. Uh, the album I would bring up with is Rum Sodomy and the Lash, the first album, which was a fun fact, uh, and we love fun facts here, uh, uh, produced by Elvis Costello. Oh, nice. He discovered them and produced them. Oh, wow. Um, so Run Some of the Lash by uh, the, the Real Elvis. Yeah, the Real Elvis. 
Um, the Violent Femmes, which need, oh, definitely. need no fucking introduction. <laughs> we all love them. And I think Billy Bragg. I'll have to check that album. I'll have to check that yeah. out. And there's one song on the album that is my favorite song. I mean, there's The Milkman of Human Kindness, which is a really good song. I, <laughs> I, it's also just what a is kind it? Of, Milkman of Human Kindness? Yeah, The Milkman of Human Kindness, <laughs> um, which is just a fun song. It's a good song. But there's one song that is the most well-known is To Have and To Have Not, which is well-known because Large, Lars Fredrickson and the Bastards, his band, uh, covered the song. And I it's, love that name. If you're into 80, late 80s, 90s, rant, basically rancid era punk, yeah. listen to Tim or um, Lars Fredrickson. I mean, he's mentioned when he's hanging out with Lars down on 6th Street. Oh. That's Lars Fredrickson. Okay. Yeah, they, they knew each other. Um, nice. Lars Fredrickson, he, th- his band did a cover of To Have and To Have Not. And that is one of my favorite songs of all time. There was a, there was a Molly Nixon show, uh, me and for you guys at home. Uh, I used to be in a punk band here in Durango, Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, as part of our show, we had prepared, in case we had to kill time, I had prepared a Billy Bragg song, and this was To Have and To Have Not. Okay. So I would play this song if, and there was only one, uh, there was one time only I ever actually had to play it. And this was just in case we had to kill time. Yeah. Like, are we underestimated how long our set was type of thing. And there was one show we were playing at a bar where there was a big crowd, uh, one of the bigger crowds we'd ever had. And our drummer really, really, really needed to go piss. So he went to go piss, and you know our singer Caleb. He was like, "Hey, I, think I might have been at that one. You were at this one, yeah. I think. I don't know. I don't know if you were. Was, it was that at, at, um, it's at the garage? Yeah, the garage. I was there. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and uh, this uh, Caleb was like, Colton, play the song.' So I play the yeah. song, <laughs> and I didn't expect anyone to know it because in my mind it was a Billy Bragg song. But everyone there was all punk rockers, and yeah. they all know Lars Fredrickson. So I had everyone singing along with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only time at a punk show, a local punk show, I've had people singing along with the person on stage. And it was really, really cool. But, yeah, it's cool. Uh, Life's a Right with Spy vs. Spy, I think it's one of the quintessential foundations of folk punk. Nice. Uh, Billy Bragg. And it's really cool how Billy Bragg has evolved since then because he's, he's not stuck with that electric guitar, uh, folk punk style. He's plays acoustic now and he does actual folk songs he has a whole album where he does train songs which is pretty i want to listen to that which is a pretty good album Love but, train but songs. it's not a punk it's not a folk punk album it's just a folk album yeah. with a british guy singing because <laughs> he does he's one of those british singers where you can hear his british accent yeah he doesn't hide it he's, he's yeah. not it's more some british some british singers it's not that they're trying to hide it but it's kind of talking singing yeah Sort of. Sort of, yeah. Sometimes they're just straight up talking. Yeah. Just enthusiastically. If, if uh, we want to talk about uh, smaller albums that I just want to mention that are in that style, if you're, if you're into Billy Bragg, um, uh, look up Patrick Fitzgerald. He is this Brit- He's another one of these early folk punk type of characters. Yeah. Um, not as well known. Some of his songs are really weird. <laughs> like he was experimental 
but as experimental as you could be with just a guitar. Okay. Like he didn't have all the he didn't have a studio like Rush did of to be experimental with. He just had an electric guitar that I don't think he even plugged in. I think it, when you listen to the recordings, it sounds acoustic, but it's very tinny, like you would be playing an acoustic uh, electric guitar into a microphone. Ew. It's weird. It doesn't <laughs> sound bad. I don't know. That sounds it pretty do- gross. To it me. doesn't it actually doesn't sound bad, but it's <laughs> it's a little weird. And he has he experiments with his melodies and his singing a lot, and it's kind of weird. But he has some good songs. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, another uh, kind of. I'm getting terribly tired. Yeah, we're almost done here. We're gonna mention a couple. <laughs> we're gonna, you have a few albums here that uh, are just um, we, don't, we don't need to talk about much, but you want to mention Metallica, Ride the Lightning. That yeah. was the f- that was the first yeah. like Metallica album. I was like, okay, I see why people like used to like them at least, but I see why people like them. Okay, even Metallica's worst stuff, <laughs> I don't hate. Admit oh, it. I do. Ad- well, uh, admittedly, <laughs> <Saint> anger. <laughs> admittedly, even their worst stuff, I don't hate. To Refuel. be fair, to be fair, their best stuff, I don't love either. See. <laughs> well, you're just not a big metal guy. I'm not a big metal guy. But also. And when I am, I don't think super highly. And also, Metallica. my favorite metal band of all time is Iron Maiden now. Iron and they Ma- have been for some time. Iron Maiden was one of those bands I did not listen to. But I had friends who were Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden t-shirts. And I honestly didn't know what the fuck Iron Maiden was. What? Like, I didn't know throughout elementary school and middle school. I didn't okay, know. Okay, I didn't know about Iron Maiden. I didn't then. know what Iron Maiden even was other than it was a band. And that I had friends who wore their t-shirts and it wasn't until late on it. And it wasn't until late high school or after I graduated high school, um, that I was like, oh, that I actually figured out what they were. And then I was like, damn, these guys are fucking awesome. Iron Maiden's badass. I can see why my friends wore their t-shirts. There's a reason I picked <laughs> that Metallica Ride the Lightning because it all, this album, uh, and I would always enjoy listening to it like at night when it's stormy, you know, stormy oh. nights. But this yeah. album has this whole, I have it a, has this eeriness to it. I have a special appreciation for albums that fit with rainy days or stormy uh-huh. nights. This album definitely does. Yeah, I mean it, it's fat. It gets fast paced and everything and heavy, but it has this like eeriness to it and spookiness. <laughs> and yeah, it's. And yeah, mo- most people will say Master of Puppets is their best album. I mean, or, it's, I mean it is good, but... But I'm a Ride the Lightning guy all the way. Uh, 1984, baby. Yeah. Uh, but obviously you have the title <laughs> song, Ride the Lightning. That, and then you have Fight, Fire, Fire, Trapped Under Ice. You have um, Escape. You have Creeping Death. Creeping Death, that one's freaking hardcore and amazing. Oh yeah, For, uh, for Whom the... Bell Tolls. Oh, yeah. And that, that was featured in Zombieland. That's just a badass song. What scene was that? Do you remember what scene? The beginning scene, the in opening scene. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And um, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. But then, <laughs> and there's a lot of Dave Mustaine influence in this. He wrote a lot of these riffs yeah. before he quit the band. And um, and went on to do Megadeth, which I also love Megadeth. Megadeth, I appreciate more than Metallica. <laughs> a lot right. of metalheads do. Like, like, I mean, I, I'm not a metalhead. I like metal. Um, what's that band that you and Caleb were super into a couple years ago that has the lady singer that's a newer band? Which one? 
There's a specific there one. There was two of them that we really liked. What were the two of them? Ginger. Ginger. That's the one Unleashed I'm... Archers. Ginger is the one I'm thinking of. That Ginger's cool. They are cool. Um, They're um, very gent. Yeah, I, 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 admittedly, no, I admittedly like gent type stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm not a huge gent guy, but I like them. But uh, um, Unleashed Archers, by the way, they're an insane power metal band, very yeah. Iron Maiden esque. Metal, metal is a genre that I'm, I'm not super into, but I like. But Ride the Lightning, I want to get back to that. It, yeah. yeah, it it just hit me with that wow factor. It gave me goosebumps. Um, that la- the last song, and it's a complete instrumental, a, a lot like Orion. Are uh, pulling teeth. I think pulling teeth is instrumental, but um, and uh, and also Metallica's first album, you know, metal, you know, with metal militia and everything like that. I said that's a decent album. With Flash, you know, kill them all. But um, Ride the Lightning. I think it was like when Metallica. I mean, you could say Matt's or Puppets was their peak, but Ride the Lightning mm. for me is like the. My favorite Metallica album I by really, far. I really don't listen to Metallica. But I enough. love Master of Puppets too. It's really close, but Ride the Lightning, it just it hit me in a particular way when I first listened to it. And it's just always been one of my favorites. And their last song, and I can I can't believe I didn't mention it during our Lovecraft episode. Yeah, yeah. But the last song on that album is called The Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. And it's spelled different. It's K T U L U. So it's a different spelling of it, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter, yeah. It's an alien language. But, <laughs> but Call of Cthulhu, listen to that song. Especially listen to that song on like a rainy, like dark, stormy night. Oh, yeah. And it, it's, it's just so creepy and eerie, but it's also just amazing. Metal, metal uh, is mean, a whole genre that like, I like, but I've never been into. Metallica is a, a band where I've listened to most of their albums. And I agree, like, Master of Puppets is, you know, one of the better ones. I agree. So you, see, okay. I, I see which ones are better. You've sat through Fueled and Refueled. I have. And Sane Anger. I have sat through those. You sat through Sane Anger. Seriously. I have sat through pretty I've much. I've never sat through any of those. I have sat through almost every Metallica album. But the thing is. Were I, you just curious? I was just, well, I was just curious. Because the thing is, I don't, <laughs> I don't think super highly Metallica at all. Lars. Well, I mean, <laughs> as in, I don't, not that I don't respect them. <laughs> the symbols. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> um, it's not that I don't like respect them at all. It's that just Metallica's not my thing. So I've sat through most of the albums, but some of the albums have been, some of them I've enjoyed. Some of them have been like, I've sat through them because I'm like, I feel like I should probably listen to this Metallica album, but I'm not <laughs> super into it. Well, for me, um, I went, I mean, I'm still going through this phase a little bit, but I've been going through this metal phase for a long time now. And, um, and you know, yeah, Iron Maiden, they're my go-to now. But, Iron um, Maiden, I've been more recently, because again, that's a, that's a band I, and I didn't know much about until had, more recently, but I've been very The reason I didn't pick an Iron Maiden album, because... I, I've always known about them, but I haven't gotten into them until the last couple years. Yeah. And and the album that I would pick is Power Slave by Iron Maiden. Uh, don't get me started on that. Uh, that <laughs> I, have, I have not. I have not. I've it's sat the one with the Egyptian. 
I've sat through and God, listened to know. at least one Iron Maiden album. I don't remember which one it was. Iron Maiden's one of those ones where I've listened to a lot of playlists because I get I'm not a metal guy. Yeah, I know you're not. Yeah, but I like metal. I like metal. It's just <laughs> I I didn't grow up on it. I'm not super into it. Funny enough, I'm far more familiar with Tool and Korn and Five Finger Death Punch, like prog and new metal, because I had coworkers who listened to them all the fucking time. Yeah, new and metal. They would hog the stereo. When I say kitchen. new metal, I don't mean N E W. I mean N U. N U. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there is one like System of a Down. I love System of a Down. One metal. All their stuff. One metal artist that I did get super into. It's the only one I can say I actually got really into. Because of you and Caleb. What's that? Dio. Dio's. <laughs> can I? I'll, there's two words. I, I absolutely love there's Dio. There's two words that you need to describe Dio. And excuse me. Fucking rad. Fucking rad. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get much more rad than Dio. That's for sure. Dio is the, <laughs> the most rad. <laughs> Ronnie James Dio, rest in peace. You are the god yes. of metal. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's just that's just an example of... Also, I, we can't go... We can't talk about metal without talking about the elephant in the room. Which is... Black Sabbath. Oh, right. They invented it, basically. I would yeah, argue. yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> well, their first album, that's revolutionary. And when I was looking at a lot of these lists for like groundbreaking albums, they were in there a few times. That yeah. first album. Oh yeah, that first uh, album is is really good. With you know the self titled song, and it's like just this creepy march. Yeah, and, that's what I like about Black Sabbath and Ozzy in general. Um, was there's a really creepiness to it, to a well, lot of their stuff. <laughs> well, and I, the I like that. The solo it's Ozzy cool. stuff gets badass. And then my favorite Black Sabbath album, I mean. It's a kind of a toss-up, but I can I can mostly say my favorite Black Sabbath album is Master of Reality. That's the okay. fo- first stoner metal album. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. it literally has a song about marijuana, Sweet Leaf, how he's in love with it. Yeah, and um, but that album is sludgy. It's um, it's just freaking. It's still one of the heaviest albums I've ever listened to. Yeah, it, it just, there there is Tony just... Iommi's riffing. Just on anything was amazing, but um, yeah, I I do have a few more, but I think we oughta. We should end this in a minute here. <laughs> um, if you have any albums you want, don't really want to talk about, you want to mention though as a recommendation. Led Zeppelin, Physical Graffiti. Yes, I would argue it's the best Led Zeppelin album. It's amazing. Uh, the slide guitar, the all the songs, just it's a great album. I agree. Physical cool graffiti. album cover too. And it's um, cool when you open it up and you slide out the thing and like it's beyond the windows. It's just, that's a, really just cool a cool album. album. Speed round, speed um, round. Speed um, round. Iggy Pop, Lust for Life. Lust for Life, Iggy Pop. That's just a cool um, fucking album. Uh, early, <laughs> early. If you're into proto-punk, Iggy Pop. Speed round, speed round. Uh, uh, um, Weezer, Blue Album. Oh, that, that, I, that I, album I, just I, makes me happy. It's just amazing. I, I just, almost put that on my it's list. Banger it's banger after banger. It's an amazing cool. album. Weezer. Uh, Tom Petty, They're Wild. kind of weird now, but Weezer. Tom Petty, Wildflowers. His, 80 Tom Petty, but his, yes, Wildflowers. His, it, I think it is. And that has one of my favorite Tom Petty songs on it. Which Honey is? Bee. Honey Bee. We've jammed is, on it before. Well, I love that Wildflowers song. Wildflowers is simultaneously his most underrated, underrated album, but also his best album because people don't talk about it as an album, but often people's favorite Tom Petty songs are on that album. Yeah. Speed round, speed, speed round. round. Yeah. Um, you know. I have another Weezer one. Pinkerton. Pinkerton. 
Of course. Said. Um, uh, that's the that's the Weezer album I always forget about, but it's really good. Another one, The Doors, The Doors, the self-titled The Doors, one. The Doors, The Doors. <laughs> the Doors. Um, yeah. The band, music from Big Pink. And you mean the band as in? The band. The band. The band. Bob Dylan. The band. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> another one, uh, Elton John, Tumbleweed Connection. His oh, absolute yeah, yeah, yeah. best uh, album. Uh, one of, I recently got People into... People disagree uh, with that, though. Cra- uh, Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Uh, I think it's uh, Cortez the Killer. Whatever the album is. Yeah, I know what Zuma. you're talking about. Yeah. Montezuma. Something like that. Something like that. I know what you're talking I about. I love though. that one. I recently That's got into really that. That's a really good one. Uh, <laughs> we already mentioned London Calling earlier. Um, just mentioning it A recommendation again. while we're on the topic of Joe Strummer. Listen to Streetcore by Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros. Yes, do you listen Joe to Joe Strummer who sang for The Clash. Really good yeah. album, Streetcore. Um, anything else? Uh, oh, I know we're missing. Are we not men by Devo? Of course. That was on my list of just amazing albums. I love that album. Um, I don't have. Oh, any- a more recent band that I, you know, I love this band, The Raconteurs. Mm. Um, I think they only have three albums. Yeah. I think they're all great, but I think their best one, and I love the new one, but their best one, Consulars of the Lonely. Yes. That's an amazing album. That's a really that good one just album. feels like a classic, and I don't think it's gonna not be amazing in the next fifteen years. I think that's a really good one. And um, my last recommendation here, it's a little off topic from the rest of the albums, genre wise, because we've talked about a lot of rock and stuff like that. But Coulter Wall, Imaginary Appalachia. I have another one for you. Yeah. Okay. John Coltrane, uh, Spirals. Oh yes. No, uh, not uh, yeah. What's it called? Um, Giant steps. Giant steps. Yeah, I think I, know I think that one. that's it. Um, I think I know that one. Yeah. And then yeah, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, Miles Davis kind of blue. That's just a classic. Um, um, I bitches brew is better. Bitches brew. Well, that's just like crazy. It's weird. Shit. Bitches <laughs> brew is not for everyone. I like no. bitches brew better. <laughs> bitches brew is well, weird. It's a completely different era and genre. <laughs> it's weird. Experimental jazz. It influenced Cuban jazz to it too as well. Jocko Pistorius, everything he did with um freaking Weather Report. Yeah. Yeah. I think oh, it's Weather Report. And uh I got one more actually I lied earlier. Um <laughs> I have I have to look up Jocko Pistorius. Eh. How do you pronounce his last name? I ha- Oh, I have one. I lied. It is Pastorius. Wait, real quick. Jaco Pastorius. If you don't know about him, look him up. One look of the best up. bass players of all time. Yes. Jazz players, fusion, everything. Yes. Okay. Uh, I just wanted uh, to I'm say not that. extensively familiar, but I've heard, I've, I've listened to some of his stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. my last album, I, I feel like you pro- I hope you agree with me on this. Uh, Frank, wait, what is it? Texas flood, Texas flood, Steve Ray Vaughn also yes. couldn't stand the weather. Yes. Basically, any Stevie Ray Vaughan. I prefer Texas <laughs> Flat over the stuff. But listen to both albums because they're both awesome. And this guy's crying. Yeah, and this guy's crying. Just listen to all yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughan Texas stuff Flat is... because it's Stevie Ray fucking Vaughan and he's um, awesome. Oh, I just thought of another one that I have to mention, but now I forgot it ever since you mentioned Texas Flood. Um, it's a. Uh, it's oh yeah, Frank Zappa. Um, I would say apostrophe. That's a really good one. Um, that's the one with um, uh, Nanook rubs it and like don't yeah. eat the yellow snow. Yeah, yeah, uh, don't eat the yellow <laughs> snow. Um, Saint jo- Alfonso's pan- John pancake Lee, uh, breakfast. John Lee Hooker's album "Traveling." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is my favorite John Lee Hooker album. 
Oh, and another Frank Zappa, Joe's Garage. Just listen to all of Frank Zappa. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Frank Zappa's It's awesome. hard to like separate. You can't just you can't just say. What, listen. What's your favorite Frank Zappa? Uh, is it Bongo Fury? It's really hard to say. Bongo Fury is definitely up. It's, it's a close. Like, is that got Muffin Man on it, right? Yeah, I really love Muffin Man. Yeah, that's a wonderful. I love. It's probably my favorite Frank Zappa. I love song. how it tra- and a lot of his songs yeah. and stuff do, do this, but they <laughs> transition into a live performance. Yeah, me and my sister used to have a band together. It was just the two of us. We were <laughs> called Zappalele, and our whole thing is we both played ukuleles and we played Frank Zappa covers. On ukuleles, we exclusively Frank Zappa. Did you just say ukuleles? Ukulele. Trying to be all proper. Uh, if you want to pronounce it proper, it's ukulele. Ukulele, yeah. But uh, it doesn't matter. I said ukulele earlier. Are we done with the speed round? We're done with the speed round. I can't think of any more at the moment. If we missed any, I don't hope, scream at us. I hope please. you were able to keep up with that speed round. <laughs> um, there are some good music res- recommendations there. We should create a playlist. Oh, we should create a yeah. playlist. Um, it, it probably won't come out with the episode, but within the next week, we'll have a playlist out. By the next episode, we'll have a playlist out for yeah, that. That's a lot of pressure. We'll, we'll, have a, <laughs> we'll, we'll have a playlist out for this episode by next week. So, okay. Uh, you know, not with the episode, but uh, we'll have a playlist out if you're interested. So, any last thoughts? Sure. Any last thoughts? <laughs> any last albums? Do you guys have any last albums? Tell us. Tell us, yeah, yeah, please. Retroactively, go back and tell us. Yeah, please. If well, no, please. If you're if you're on a, a platform that allows reviews and comments, please uh, tell us about your favorite. Albums. Message us on Mes- Instagram. Message on Instagram, Facebook, the Odd Drunk Podcast. Yeah, and Insta. I think if you just start, just type in Odd Drunk, you'll find yeah. us. Just tell us your favorite albums. Uh, and yeah, check out our Instagram and stuff. That's because what, I, I will check out albums that you guys were recording. Oh, for sure. Rec- uh, recommend. And yeah, check out our Instagram. Yeah. That's where you find all the pictures and everything related to the episodes. Um, check that out. Um, we're also, um, I think I failed to mention it last time. Maybe I did, but we're on Amazon Music now. Yes. Because they just allowed, they just added podcasts to yes. their library. So we're on Amazon Music if you use I, that. I like to say we're among the first. Yeah, right? I mean, there's probably thousands of there already are. But, but we were one of the first. One of the first of among millions. Thousands. Thousands, Million, yeah. millions. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we were there. We were there. And um, <laughs> and what's really cool, and I'm not, we're not sponsored or anything. I wish we, I wish we were. Come on, Amazon. No. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. No. One of the things I like about Amazon Music, which I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to use it that much. But I don't use it. What is cool, but it's cool. is if you buy, if you purchase any CDs or vinyls off of Amazon, at least if it's through Prime, I believe. It, um, I know for sure if it's through Prime, they will add your song free of charge to your digital library on their app. That is a really cool feature. Because when I first That's downloaded really cool. it, because I wanted to make sure our podcast was on there and everything, I saw a bunch of these out, very specific albums, and I was like, huh. You're Those like, look exactly like the ones I Yeah, you're purchased. like, these are conveniently <laughs> albums I really like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have another album. Oh, one last album. So you know Kiss? I do know Kiss. Well, I don't personally know them. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, I know of Kiss. Of Kiss. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would argue their most underrated and their most badass kick-ass album, 
Creatures of the Night. And that album, by the way. Which one is that? What's the album cover of that? It's like blue. It's got all their faces. Yes. Creatures of the yes. Night. The, that the, is badass. It's got War Machine. It's got. Yes. It's just badass. Okay. Kiss is one of those bands where I don't pay attention to names. I just listen to it. But yes, I do. I do know that album cover, and I do like the songs on it. And it doesn't have like any other big obvious hits, but yeah. it is a banger. That is and a good album. Yeah. Real quick. Okay. Real quick. Fill in the time. Filling the I mean, time. The... Filling the time. Well, this album did come out on my birthday. Whoa. And on um, wait, let me double check. I don't have any albums I know that came out on my birthday. <laughs> wait, the single came out. That's the single. No, that's the single. Oh, <laughs> emergency. <laughs> I, I I don't know uh, any albums that came out on my birthday. What's what's your birthday? Oh, there's a whole website here. October thirteenth. There's a whole website. It's called uh, on-this-day.com. Oh, I swear it came out on my birthday, but here it says October 10th, 1982. Apparently. I thought. Let me see. I'll I'll, I'll share some of these. Well, you figured this out. I'll share some of these uh, albums that apparently came out on my birthday or songs or albums or releases while he figures this out. Okay, uh, according to Spotify, which is I'm I'm going by this because this is when I first okay. found it. Creatures of the Night came out on October 13th, 1982. Same, not the birth year, but oh, birth day. That's cool. <laughs> uh, if you go to on-this-day.com, you can find uh, music history for your birthday. And uh, on my birthday, among them, oh, this is just music history, so it's not just albums. So... On my birthday in 1965, Paul McCartney recorded the song Yesterday. That's, that's fun. That's really cool. I have a fun fact about on my birthday. Derek and the Dominoes made their live debut in, in so, London. So this is not a music fact, but I, I think I've told you before, but I have it pulled up again so I have the right dates and everything. In 1307, on October 13th, hundreds of Knights Templar in France Ooh. are arrested at dawn by King... Philippe the Fair, and later confessed under torture to heresy. Oh. So my birthday is like connected to Assassin's Creed. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's really A cool. A lot of crazy war stuff happened on my birthday, yeah. actually. On, it looks like. on June 14th, my birthday in 1980, the movie Rhodey starring Meatloaf debuted. <laughs> oh, I didn't know this. On my birthday, October 13th, the Declaration of Independence of the Mexican Empire is publicly proclaimed. Oh, that's fun. But that's it. Let's stop. All right, let's stop. Anyways, so excited for next week, guys. Um, next week, yes. It's going to be a big one. Sorry, this was one of our longer episodes. We had a lot of, we also had a lot of breaks and stops. So it might seem a little uh, it might not end up being disjointed as long in a couple of possible. spots. Um, we'll edit and post. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple <laughs> spots where you had to stop uh, for a minute, um, and uh, and yeah, this this was not meant to be a, a super serious episode, but that's because you want me to say it. You say it. Yeah. Next week, October first. Mm. 
Spooktoberfest begins. Spooktoberfest. Yeah. And we got a lot of fun this surprises is, for you yeah, guys. This is going to be fun. And, uh, our plan is to make those some of the best episodes we put out. And yeah. All of October. And just October, be uh, you mentioned to me, is, a, I believe, a five-week month for a Thursdays. Well, it's... Yeah, because... So, we release episodes on Thursdays, usually. <laughs> we try to. We have one Friday. One, yeah. But whatever. But we release them on Thursdays, and the first is on a Thursday. Yes. So, that so it's perfect. So it's going to be our longest run for any month. But yeah. Yeah. We'll so see we're, you guys we'll then. have all throughout October, October Halloween related episodes. All spooky Halloween related. Spooktober. It's going to be amazing. We'll have, oh, yeah. we'll have Halloween themed beers and drinks and of stuff. Of course we will. Maybe. Dude. Maybe I'll, fi- the, maybe I'll figure out some cocktails at, that are Halloween. We gotta figure out some co- cocktails at the liquor store. I saw tons of like pumpkin and oh, Halloween beers. Wonderful. I saw even other ones that were just like Halloween beers, not pumpkin. Oh, that's awesome! So there's t- there's tons of good options. I'm so excited. That's awesome. So stay tuned for uh, next week and all of October. Yep, it's gonna be special. It's gonna be awesome. And thank you guys for just staying here with us and sticking yeah, this on. This was a long, very long episode. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, thank you very much, and bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's the Odd Drunk Podcast with Jackson and Bolton. Sometimes Tristan Bolton.